Wars friends, this is Christopher, one of the hosts of the Star Wars Friends podcast, and if you can't tell from my voice, I'm broadcasting deep, deep within the fleet, outside of Exegol. I don't really know how I got here, time doesn't really work, but Lando called me, and I'm here to bring you a very important message about today's roundtable episode you're about to listen to. And whether you've listened to our show before, you're a longtime subscriber, or hey, this is your first time, I want to say thank you on behalf of my co-hosts, Josh, Justin, Kyle, and Maggie means a lot to us that you listen to our show and have become part of our positive Star Wars conversation community. This roundtable recap you're about to enjoy was recorded on May 31st, 2020. It was intended to be our thoughts on the rise of Skywalker six months removed, just to see if our perspectives and opinions had changed at all. The release of this episode was delayed due to our respect to the Black Lives Matter protests over the murder of George Floyd. You can listen to our thoughts on why we took a break on episode 39, The Friends Strike Back, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found. This roundtable episode features many incredible opinions and thoughts presented by our Star Wars friends around the world. We couldn't be more delighted to share it with you. And remember, the Star Wars friends respect all opinions, except hate speech, discriminatory, or derogatory comments. And whether you love, dislike, or are indifferent about The Rise of Skywalker, we're here for it. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at show at starwarsfriends.com or hit us up on social at SWFriendsShow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We love what we do, and if you enjoy what you hear in this episode, we would be incredibly grateful to earn your review and a subscription. So with that being said, sit back, buckle up for this beast of an episode, and hang out with the Star Wars friends and our roundtable guests, Candace and Steve. May the Force be with you. Now I guess I gotta go break the news to Wedge about his stepson. Whew, heesh, awkward. <laughs> All right. Yep, enjoyed this ready. Right, sons, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie. What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. <laughs> We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. Got a bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. Ha 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 ha. What are you talking Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends. Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Meriden, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends show on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me today on this very special, incredible edition of the Star Wars friends are my Star Wars friends. It's Josh, and uh, it only took six months, but we're finally here. The <laughs> ever-awaited Rise of Skywalker episode. We, we took the scenic route, Josh. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, this is Justin, and I'm stealing a fortune cookie from Clone Wars. It says, embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. It seems fitting for this one. Look at this guy. <laughs> nice. This is Kyle, and um, I have watched The Rise of Skywalker three times now, so I am fully prepared for this episode, I guess. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> and this is Maggie, and rebellions are built on hope. There you go. Love it. Okay. Always wrong movie, Maggie. Wrong movie. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is this is six months out from the movie. This is crazy. We've been talking about oh this for gosh. a long time, but here we are recording our much anticipated, hopefully not disappointing, Rise of Skywalker recap episode. This is pretty insane. We've been definitely talking about this for a while. We've received a lot of feedback on social media over the months for our views on The Rise of Skywalker, and this is our best effort to give a fair shake. We've we've definitely had some time in between the release in the theater, the home release, and now here we are. I'm kind of relieved that we're here today. I'm definitely, I feel like I've already decompressed and I haven't even said anything about the movie. So this feels good to be here today. This is an interesting format show. We'll get into this in just a few seconds, but a few notes here that we just want to talk about real quick. More rumors and uh, castings. Kyle was very excited about uh, oh, all of the really cool this. live action rumors <laughs> that keep coming out. Yeah, We're going to see... <laughs> What's what's that kid? Fred Savage's brother, Ben Savage, as Ezra Bridger. He just recently got cast. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> we have well, looking for an Asian, so <laughs> Charlie ben, Sheen as Thrawn, yeah. a live action Thrawn. <laughs> Who else? Did I talk about anything else? What other crazy rumors? Akbar is coming out with his own show. I'd watch that. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> yeah. But this is just so crazy. Just stop, dear internet. <laughs> clickbait sites just stop unless it's a real deal news article i don't want to see these anymore they're just just terribly annoying they did in like real news drop some clips of that um star wars game show with ahmad best yeah, that's uh, right very legend to the hidden temple yes. vibes Looks if you're so like an 80s awesome. 90s kid yeah. yes oh one of one looked, of my favorite shows growing up was Legends of the Hidden Temple. I was a me super too. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this I'm is going to be. I'm just sad that I'm not a kid. I want to be on yeah, it. <laughs> just don't just run like, the just course. Just like a Disney, like a Disney World. I yeah. always want to be on the stage. I'm like, I, I'm nine. I'm just a large nine year old. <laughs> so I, I'm so happy to see Ahmed Best doing something uh, incredible, positive for the community. I think that this is just a really great, uh, great role for him in the Star Wars community and he's going to deliver big time. So, do we know when that's coming out? Did they give us a date on that I think at it's all? Soon. June. Yeah. It's oh, like June 3rd or something. Yeah. Yeah, oh. days, weeks. Oh, okay. Soon. I'm into that. that I'm into week. that. Coming up quick. Cool. Uh, another weird thing that happened, I was at Target uh, wearing my mask, of course. I was incognito. I was um, renovating my new home. I'm actually recording. This is the first podcast for my new home, and uh, the studio's not set up. I literally am surrounded by blankets and pillows right now because I have nothing in this room. It's been wild. <laughs> but uh, I had to go to Target to get some house things, as one does. And I was wearing my Star Wars Friends hoodie because it was kind of chilly in Northeast Ohio yesterday. And... Uh, I'm at back in the pop culture section. I get that beautiful six-inch Black Series TIE Fighter pilot. I was so stoked to find him. There was like 80 Landos for some reason. And that Hoth soldier <laughs> that has like the pull-off face. He has like the melty oh, face. You man. know what I'm talking about? I know. I know. I should have. Yeah, I need that guy. It was a weird day. I didn't. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so I was back in the pop culture section. 
And there was a guy looking at, you know, whatever they have at Target, their lunch boxes and whatever. And uh, he looks over at, at me and my fiance and he was like, oh, oh, that's a great hoodie, man. Cool show. Cool show. Or something like that. It was like, like one of like a really quick comment. And I didn't want to like strike up a conversation with a guy because I didn't want to be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? I'm Chris. And he's like, oh, you're a dick. Like, you know, I don't want to be like that guy. Like, you know, um, but it was cool. Well, that's why everyone agreed you should have said you were me. <laughs> guarantee a positive response, right? Yeah. yeah, think about that guy's disappointment when he finds out it wasn't fan favorite KB legend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was kind of surreal because, um, you know, being a professional musician for most of my life, I tried, like, I kind of avoided that type of stuff because it was just weird. And, um, at, you know, we're, we're my fiance and I are in the car and she's like, man, you should have, like, struck up a conversation with the guy. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I have like this punk rock mentality that was always like, don't ever promote your stuff, bro. Like it's cool to like not talk about it. So I felt weird. And then I was like, Oh, you know what? It's time to get stickers and cards. Cause that would help me. That would help my olive branch a little bit. Be like, Oh, what's up, man? Like, thanks. Thanks for listening. Here's a sticker or something like that. So first time, first time I've been out that someone recognized the star Wars friends in public. Uh, so that was super cool. Um, I do nice. get to see our listenership and we, we do have a pretty solid listenership in the state of Ohio. So thank you to everyone, not only in Ohio, but everywhere around the world. And we do have some emails uh, sent in to us for today's episode from our friends from around the world. We're very excited about that. And speaking of which, we are joined by two Star Wars friends on this roundtable episode from literally on opposite sides of America today. So this is super cool. This is the first ever roundtable format on the Star Wars Friends, so we'll see how it goes. It might get a little rowdy. That's okay if we talk over each other and get a little nuts. Uh, that's what the roundtable's for. So I would like to introduce our two Star Wars friends joining us on the Rise of Skywalker recap show. First off is Steve. Steve is joining us from New Mexico. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. And Steve, you've sent in a ton of questions to us. We hope that we can hear your thoughts <laughs> put together. We want to, we really want to dissect because you have been one of our most opinionated friends on the Rise of Skywalker and really given us pushing back. Like, and you, you've definitely not held yeah. back with, uh, <laughs> with some of our thoughts. So we appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, definitely love, I, I can't wait to dive into this and see what you have to say. And then we're also joined by Candace. Candace, you're in Florida and you were the winner of our high haiku contest do you remember what your haiku was on our on our social oh it's only a few syllables but i already <laughs> forget <laughs> no it's all good it was but yeah it is only a few syllables yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing candace everything good where'd you oh i'm doing good we're doing a rewatch on my podcast and i'm like deep into the star wars lore yeah Sydney universe i'm ready awesome and what nice. go ahead and promote your podcast where can they find you it's Geeky Girl Gab, and we like to talk about things from a female view. Yeah. And it's just yeah. me and my best friends from childhood talking about everything nerdy. That's awesome. That's what awesome. Is, I love what, that. What is the nerdiest thing that you think that you have talked about? Because I always, like, when people call me a nerd and I look at them, I'm like, dude, you collect Transformers. Like, that's, to me, Transformers. Like, in my nerd um, Transformers <laughs> is above. Yeah, so, Candace, what is the nerdiest thing that you think that you've talked about on your pod? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've done like our guilty pleasures of things that we watched and 
Like I've I've talked about like how when I was like ten years old, I made my own Star Wars website. Yeah, with like Angel it. Fire and yes. Geo City. Yes. Angel and Fire. I was writing fan fiction yes. and oh. I was writing actually poetry and that's Star Wars awesome. poetry get along. at age ten. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> I think awesome. I found a new best friend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. I uh, what is my guilty pleasure? Well, a lot of people find out what my what my non guilty pleasures are in our live chats. Turns out I don't like any movies yeah. from the eighties. So that's a whole different. <laughs> Candace, so I might uh, I might get in, get in some fights on this show if I keep talking about my eighties movie comments. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another good is thing it is Return of the yeah, Jedi. He hates Empire Strikes Back. He hates it. <laughs> yeah, oh man, like, that's aren't not two true. of the movies from the eighties. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Empire and Jedi are both terrible. Everybody knows it. Not all. Not all 80s movies, just most non-Star Wars movies. Just I like all the, the movies. universally beloved I like Ghostbusters. I do like Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters Jones. was like the only Indiana one he Jones said he right. okay. it's a, Indiana Jones okay. is like a C. Okay. I'll, I'll rate it like a C. I'm okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. So listen, it's already off the, it's already off the rails. So welcome to the Star Wars, friends. <laughs> so this Where is, Indiana Jones is a C. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just my opinion, man. That's like my opinion. At no one is Chris. Don't uh, don't come after the Star Wars friends for my opinions. So go after Chris. All right, here we are. I I want to talk about Rise of Skywalker. I got a few things. Um, we are, as Josh mentioned, we're about six months since the release of the film. So it was it was the ninth episode in the Star Wars saga, and it was directed by J.J. Abrams, beloved. Uh, Beloved director, maybe? I don't know. That's up to... Uh, <laughs> up to maybe, 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 a, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe not so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I lost face with JJ. I did... Okay. I'm not going to go that far. Yet. Hang on. Don't go there Hang yet. on. Let me back up. We're just talking facts right now. All right. Writing credits. Dark Lord of the Sith, Chris Terrio, JJ Abrams co-wrote this, uh, this movie. Uh, George Lucas. This is not an unbiased reading of these facts, Chris. Hang on. Hang on, I'm still going through. I'm just Dark Lord of the shit. He is Dark Lord of the shit. I was just trying to keep it a PG cast today. I love Um, it. All right, so let's read the synopsis. Ready? The Rise of Skywalker synopsis, the official synopsis. (laughs) The surviving members of the Resistance face the First Order once again, and the legendary conflict between the Jedi and the Sith reaches its peak, bringing the Skywalker saga to its end. Key word there. All highlight Skywalker Saga. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Here are some (laughs) taglines from the movie. Every generation has a legend. The saga concludes. No one's ever really gone. The saga comes to an end. The story lives forever. That's actually true. That's true. Um, And my favorite one, the dead speak. (laughs) The dead speak. Exclamation point. <laughs> All right. Uh, here are your reviews from the official websites. It's a 52% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an F. It's a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and it's a 53% on Metacritic. Now, there is also a um, there's a huge discrepancy that I want to talk about in the rating system, that this is one of the most universally bashed Star Wars films from a critic standpoint, but it is also one of the most universally beloved Star Wars films from the fan perspectives. There is a massive gap. It is a a minus, I think it's a minus seven uh, percentage wise. And to give you an idea, like Empire Strikes Back is like a minus one. So that's the difference between critics and uh, fans. The Return of the Jedi is not very beloved. That's like a minus five. And 
The Force Awakens is very, it's very well received on both critics and fans. Last Jedi is the, I think, the most disruptive between those two. Um, I think the gap is very wide. Um, I'd have to look up. I should have looked up uh, what that was. But those are kind of like, you know, it was released on December 20th, 2019 type thing. If you were lucky enough to get tickets the day before and got to see the preview um, preview night, that was a lot of fun. I got to do that. Steve and Candice, did either of you get to go the day before the official release or did you go on official release night? Um, I always go the preview night. I... I actually go literally to the theater to get the tickets because the website's always down. Wow. So during my lunch break, I just like hightailed it to the movie theater and I was like, two, please. That's crazy. That, That's you're the first person I met that, that got him in person. That's awesome. For me a lot. <laughs> really? I need it to be quiet. I need it to oh. be a certain way. Especially for something like Star Wars, because it is so important to me, I guess. Uh, so I'll definitely go into that theater, maybe expecting too much from my fellow humans around me. Yeah, as yeah. Like a, yeah. yeah. The yeah. rules of the road right. for being Easy in to be like open mouth popcorn chewers. That <laughs> like just, there's a lot of every time there's like I had next to me. Really? Oh, the, the licking of the fingers, the straws, uh, the, the plastic yeah. wrappers. We've talked all about <laughs> What's this. What's with the plastic wrappers? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they even have them? Why, dear, like, put, dear movie theater chains, stop with the plastic wrappers. Just stop. Yes. Just hey, get rid of them. I am. Who knows what movie theater is going to be like when they open back up again? Very true. Very That's true. true. I am ready, though, for the home. Give me same day and date. I will pay movie theater prices to watch it night one at my house to oh, rent wow. it. I don't get it for, uh, for like a 48 hour. If you want me to pay. Thirty forty dollars for a forty eight hour rental of the opening night. I will I do, do that. it. I will wow. happily do that. Ditto. Yes. Ditto. There's something magical about watching yeah, it. With I like the theater experience. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yes, I will yes, admit. I agree. Like, I think my favorite like movie theater experience was not to get off the topic of Rise of Skywalker was the Last Jedi and that moment when this it went completely silent and everybody in the theater was just oh, quiet. Yeah. You could have heard a pin drop. That was the most like chilling experience of my life. It was just like so surreal. But then everybody started making noise again. Yeah, there there, <laughs> there is something yeah. to say about going to the the movies with your friends. Uh every Star Wars film, uh, you know, since since the special editions, I've gone with somebody. You know, obviously for subsequent viewings, I go back by myself, but there is that magic of going with your friends or your family. And uh, I, I love it, man. I have a friend named Greg. He is a lifelong friend. He's actually born on the same date, same year as me, same hospital. And we didn't find out about that until our mid 20s, but we've gone to every Star Wars film together. And I only see him really once a year, maybe twice a year for Star Wars films. So I hope that that Taika Watiti movie gets uh, actually follows through and has that 2022 release date so I can see Greg again. I would, I would like to see my friend watch a movie. If we're talking about movie theaters and coinciding that with guilty pleasures, one of mine is actually Bill and Ted movies. Oh. Chris is going to hate this, no, but I, I love, love Bill and Ted, Ted movies. movies. No, I love them. I love and Bill the and third Ted. One, the third one's supposed to come out in like three months, and yes. I'm really hoping the theaters are back open because I want to go see it in the theater sure. with a buddy of mine in Columbus. And watch it in the theater together, not watch it yeah. from my home because I'm stuck yeah. watching it there. But I, I'm actually really excited for that movie. I feel the uh, same yeah. way about Wonder Woman because, like, I've, I've been uh, dying yeah. for two years to see that with all of my friends who are part of the film and like to spot ourselves in it. And like, we're all going to be doing it from home. Yep. <laughs> That's how I was feeling about Mulan too. I was oh, yeah. planning a yeah. girls' night out yeah. because we 
we're 90s kids and we just grew up yeah. with Mulan being one of our heroes. So, so yeah, Mulan got pushed back though. So Mulan will definitely still be a theater release, right? Is that still on, on target? But, but is Wonder Woman still targeted for so, theater? Or? Mm, so it's currently supposed to come out in August. There's a rumor that they're going to be pushing it to December 18th. There's also another rumor mm. that it's going to be a combination uh, select theaters slash home release. Gotcha. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, there's going to be another flare up most likely in the wintertime. Yep, so yep. it's not going to happen anyways. I don't know. It's just I've been waiting for two years. <laughs> well, well thank goodness. Most of us in our last movie theater experience was The Rise of Skywalker, which we're here to talk about today. Yes. So um, mm-hmm. that is exactly why we're here today. Can I just say that my last movie theater experience was Cats? Oh, <laughs> that was perfect. Yes, yes, you can say that. Uh, Ouch. Okay, I just I, I have to tell people that so they pity me. Oh, no, yeah. so I love it. I Mine was actually serious. Knives Out, which I'm okay with. That was a great. Mine movie. was Emma. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mine was Birds of Prey. That. Birds of Prey was my last uh, movie theater experience, which was a great oh, I movie. I saw that too. That was a great movie. Yeah, that was so much better than Suicide Squad. But we, we're not oh, here to talk about this. <laughs> it's a whole different. That's a whole different show. Okay. All right. So The Rise of Skywalker. Here we are. We're ready to dive into this journey. Now, as ready as we're going to be. Uh, yeah, about as ready as we're going to be. And I'm sure this is going to continually come up as we, you know, just record more shows. It's it's part of the Star Wars galaxy now. It is official. It is official. It is in the books. It is on my Apple TV. I just streamed it on Disney Plus last night. For better or worse, this is the movie that we have. This is the movie that Star Wars gave us. And, uh, you know, much like the prequels, that there is there was controversy. Controversy. There's still controversy. Uh, for some people in the prequels, but we know over time through the uh, addition of Clone Wars animated episodes, through the supplemental reading materials, et cetera, et cetera, comics, a lot of fans that had issues with the prequels now love them. Uh, I love the prequels big time. I even like Attack of the Clones. I don't care what anyone says. It's not a bad movie. It's a little long. It's a little weird in parts, but overall it pushes that, that, narrative forward and it does its job um the yoda puppet's still weird uh everything about the prequel yoda is weird uh cgi or puppet anyways that's another off topic but uh obviously the sequel trilogy is a hot button topic in star wars fandom right now whether you here's the one thing about the sequel trilogy i think everyone can agree that force awakens is a really great movie but then you get mm-hmm. in the last jedi and you have your divisions there and that that sowed the seeds of division into the rise of Skywalker. And then you have the whole hell, well, they retconned this or they rewrote this and they were being spiteful, but not really. Cause I found all these linear paths throughout, you know, the three movies. And that's kind of what I, I personally want to explore in this episode because I don't see it. I don't see the linear path between the three movies. And that is where I, and this is where I get a lot of hate on social media, not necessarily hate, but like, yo dude, what are you doing? Um, I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy. Each movie in their own right has really great pieces and parts. There's fantastic acting. There's great characters. The scenery, the way that the movies are filmed, uh, the choreography is fantastic. Obviously, the special effects, the John Williams score. score? There's so much. Yeah, yeah, Josh, you read my mind. There's so much (laughs) to love about all three of these films. But when you are a storyteller, or you you love 
story. And when there's so much disruption in the narrative plot line, I can't get behind it fully. So I've never been fully vested into the sequel trilogy and still here six months later, I'm not. Uh, Full disclosure, I watched The Rise of Skywalker again last night, but I tried to watch it purely as just a fan, just like I did on opening night of the film. And that opening night of the film, I was like, oh, okay, this... It was it was good. It was it was good. I liked it. I walked away from the theater saying, "All right, cool. Put a nice little bow on it. That's fine." But then I started thinking, and then I started talking to Kyle. You know, we did there. You can go back and listen to Star Wars Friends. There was an episode that we did. Uh, it was like right after the movie came out, and I you can hear me get visibly frustrated. And then I just stopped talking, which is very hard for me to do. But I just stopped talking because I was like, "Damn." This movie kind of fucking sucks. I mean, I, I'm just, <laughs> and like, and it's not, and here's the thing. It's a good popcorn movie. It is a very good popcorn movie. No question. I think that there's so many great moments in The Rise of Skywalker, and that I don't dislike the film on its own. I dislike the story narrative from Force Awakens through the end of Rise of Skywalker, and there are way too many things in the Rise of Skywalker that just, like, don't make sense. They just don't make sense, and we're going to dive into it. That's my little preamble. Um, There's so much I can talk about, but we don't want to nitpick today. We kind of just want to dive into, like, base level. Yeah, and, you know, uh, kind of to piggyback off of that, um, if you guys have been listening to Star Wars Friends Show, you'll know my first episode with uh, the Star Wars Friends Show was back in January when I was a special guest. And I had a lot of um, what we would say very extreme <laughs> feelings yeah. about The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think it was, what, like two weeks after the film came out. Um, yeah, we were still very hurt at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of reached this point where The Rise of Skywalker can't hurt me anymore um i've i've come to reach the very like zen stage of i guess grieving so to speak um and i feel like a lot of my reaction was kind of twofold like obviously i was very hurt by the choices that were made in the film sure. but i was also i was also hurt as a, a star wars fan by that galaxy and that saga ending and kind of ending on that note but um kind of now six months removed and i think i kind of reached this point maybe three months after the rise of Skywalker. Um, it's star Wars and I love star Wars. So like, I'm always going to love it at, you know, in some degree because it's star Wars. And for me, the star Wars is so much more than the movies. It's about the people that I've met because of star Wars. And like, especially with the sequel trilogy, like I definitely have some extreme <laughs> opinions about the choices that were made in all three movies, really, even if I love uh, The Last Jedi the most. But um, it's more about the people that I've met through this fandom in particular uh, that has kind of risen up because of social media being more active than it was back during the prequel trilogy. And that, in and of itself, like, I'll love The Rise of Skywalker for that impact yeah. that it had. That it, it, you know, I wouldn't have met you guys if I if there was no sequel trilogy. Like, it's right. just as simple right. as that. So, like, there's there's a lot of good that is outside of just the film. And so like, no matter how I feel about the film, I still love Star Wars. And so I feel like I wanted to clarify, cause I know a lot of people know how I felt back in January. Um, and like, I still have a lot of the same opinions, but it's Star Wars and that's, you know, it, it's always going to be there. And I just love it as a whole. So. 
yeah, that's my piece. <laughs> great. No, that's great. All great points, Maggie. That's all great points. And uh, one thing I just want to get out there I didn't say is that we want to respect everyone's opinions. Uh, mm-hmm. And literally, if you love this film, man, I am so stoked for you. Like I said, I, there are pieces and parts I love of this of this movie. Um, but there's just so much I can't wrap my head around. That's okay. But... If you love this movie, do not take anything that we say personally towards the movie mm-hmm. and your feelings at all. It's just an opinion, man. Like, that's all it is. So um, just if you're listening, hey, we're not haters. That's that's literally, I know, Steve, you love Rise of Skywalker. We'll get to you in a minute. Um, and that's and that's okay. Candace, I don't actually know how you feel, so this is going to be exciting talking to you today. Uh, and then a lot, of our, a lot of the people that wrote in are very positive behind um, – the rise of Skywalker. So anyways, I just wanted to get that out before we keep going. I know I was probably one of our more uh, vocal dislikers of that movie, (laughs) but it's something that I've been thinking about and it happened with the, the prequels. And honestly, it happened with the original trilogy when these TV shows and books and the new movies and the standalones and everything else gets released it fills in some of these things that don't make sense. And I will say in the sequel trilogy, for me, there was a higher percentage of things that didn't make a ton of sense or didn't get finished off or however you want to say that. But you can already see um, Baby Yoda using Force Healing in The Mandalorian. Right. You hear um, uh, Ahsoka reaching out to the other Jedi like Rey did, and, and they're already you know, planting these things and, and they'll exp- expand on it. And 10 years from now, we'll have a completely different view mm-hmm. of the sequel trilogy because of the other things that have, that will be released around it. Even if we don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. And I, we, we see that um, even with this novel, I mean, Kavan Scott did a good job of, um, is that who wrote the rise of Skywalker? No, it was no. Ray, Carson. Oh, Ray, Carson. Ray Carson. Ray Carson. Oh, my bad. Sorry, Ray Carson. Yeah. We'll so she post. did a really good job. Yeah, she did a good job of there's a lot of stuff that fills in like what the hell's going on with the Sith Eternal like where did that come from Mm. how is Mm -hmm. Palpatine still alive like there's a lot of gaps that are filled in they show you about like Lando's grief and Chewie's grief like there's a lot of stuff in there that makes this film more whole Um, and explains a lot of those things that we walked out of the theater going well what was that about right Um, but I was going to say my trajectory was very similar to Chris's um, was very happy when I came out. And then the more I thought about it, talking to you guys, talking to Kyle specifically, um, <laughs> I got a little bit more bummed out. I didn't get as bummed out as Chris. Um, and then the, I think the final nail in the coffin that really made me feel um, not great about the movie was when the Duel of the Fates uh, mm. script mm. came out. And so, but so thinking about that and then watching it again last night, I realized that the same thing you said, Chris, that. The movie is not a bad movie in its own, but the reason that all of my reasons that I didn't like the movie um, or didn't like things about the movie was nitpicks thinking instead of um, like this movie is bad. It's like, oh, I would have done they should have done this here. They should have done this. Right, they should have had right. more Luke. They should have they shouldn't have had this line. You know, Beaumont should have been shouldn't have been there. Not, should have uh, been, like, no, he should have had more. No, no, yeah. Come on so, now. Uh, Christopher, so we like just all- needed so much more dark science. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that line sucks. Things, Sorry, <laughs> all and and like things that don't connect. Um, it's all of those nitpicky things, and it and it does feel like they they went out and made a this with this movie, and then also how 
this movie doesn't really feel like it connects very well with the previous movie. Um, it feels like they said, these are all the things we needed to do to make a good Star Wars movie. And they did those things. Like this movie hits a lot, yeah. has a lot of good parts, hits a lot of specific Star Wars buttons. It has all of the like main things, but then they kind of left, like didn't work with the story group enough or at all to make sure things connected. Um, and they, it's like, they just read the cliff notes. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is I, I tried to think I didn't have, like, I liked the prequels. Um, and I never, and I've talked about this before. I've never, like when I used to read or used to watch the book, watch the, watch the movies, <laughs> read the books. It was just like reading a history book. It's like, this is what happened. I never thought about like, right. well, well, Timothy Zahn should have wrote Thrawn to do this thing instead. I would have liked that better. It was just Thrawn did this thing, and that's what it was. Cool. More Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But now it's like my brain isn't able to do that. I'm always thinking about like what they should have done to make it better. And then, you know, Duel of Fates just made that like really intense because <laughs> that a lot of the stuff they did in that, that script, yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, this would have yeah. made... And we got so much better. We got to tread lightly on this episode, Josh, because you know one thing that we don't want to get into too deeply is like the what ifs. You know, um, so we we can't. I don't want to. I, we don't want to to do the what ifs because we can spend a whole episode oh, on that. Yeah. And I and trust me, I know I, I have just, a legal. I gave a little example in my ifs. narrative. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah. so Steve, what's what's your thoughts, man? I think what some people are forgetting about how. Uh, uh, we look at when the prequels first came out and how people kind of uh, thought about those movies and then how the sequel trilogy and how people are thinking about those right now. I believe that the prequel trilogy has been supported and helped so much by the supplemental material. 100%. I think if you take, if you take away, so this was, uh, so when Chris first contacted me about this, I started instantly writing down questions because I'm sure all you guys know I have a million (laughs) questions. I love it. But one of my questions I was maybe going to say, but it might be a good time to throw it in here. If you take away Rebels and Clone Wars, is the sequel is the prequel trilogy still better than the sequel trilogy to to you guys? That's a great question. That's a, That's great, a great question. question. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, Candace, you go Candace ahead and take that it. one away. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, we've been rewatching all the movies together, and I did all the prequels in like a weekend, and then I did all the original trilogy, and everything just. Like you were saying, Chris, like it goes together, it works as a succinct trilogy. And yes, there's some issues with the prequels, but it's cohesive, it's together, it right. makes sense together. While the sequels, you just you feel jerked around a lot. Yes, that's and a good way to put it. I do feel jerked around, yeah, go that way. Maybe not, you know? maybe not, but that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you're 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 going all I think over it would definitely place. be a whole lot closer. I mean, yeah. It would be a whole lot closer. I, I, I love one movie of each of those trilogies so much more than the other two. Uh, mm. so it's, it's really hard for me to say, you know. Sure. So I would, you know, my thing is right away, if we didn't have the supplemental materials, I think that the prequels would be kind of, they would lack the emotional oomph that you that you yeah, want to connect with the film time. especially on anakin's part because i remember very vividly a conversation i had with my 45 year old brother-in-law uh just the other day who was watching all the star wars films and he was like hey man like why did anakin turn so fast like it was just like a general like it was just a general question because he never watched the clone wars he doesn't know any of the ba- behind the scenes he's like what what's his deal 
Like, why did he just turn evil really fast? To him, it took like ten years, man. Yeah, to him, it was a very quick one and done, like he just turned evil. But you get the Clone Wars and all the context, and it gives you that depth of character that we always talk about on our show. So I think that if we didn't have that supplemental material, um, prequels, although, yes, Candace, to your point, would definitely be linear, and it would make sense if you watch all six films, in my opinion, the true Skywalker saga, um, you watch those first six films, it would make sense. But adding the Clone Wars animated show is just like... It's icing on the cake. The biggest changes to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's icing on the cake. Yes, Yes. I think I think the prequels, to your point, works better in a linear fashion. Even whether it's one through three or one through six, it still connects the story all together. And I had a thought last night as I'm as I'm watching Rise of Skywalker is from Last Jedi to Rise of Skywalker. If to your to Chris, we talked about this earlier. Was you wanted Snoke to be something more uh, than what he uh, was, right? Uh, what if you yes. took Rise of Skywalker and instead of reintroducing Palpatine, you can say the dead speak, but it's still Snoke. And then you go, well, wait a minute. How is it still Snoke? Oh. You killed him in Last Jedi, right? But then you still have the cloning factor in there. You still have this. And he could say, this was passed down to me from Darth Plagueis or from Emperor Palpatine who learned it yeah. from Darth Plagueis who... And that's what keeps that Sith lineage kind of going. But he maybe they didn't figure it out, but he figured out the piece that mastered it, that he could clone himself, right? And you kept Snoke as the big bad all the way through the end. Yeah. Would that have worked better in a linear, fa- excuse me, linear fashion through uh, 789 to continue that story better? So that was nope. just a thought I had watching it last night. It was kind of trippy. I like that thought. I like that thought. We're getting into that what if territory again, but yeah. you, but you're yeah, hitting yeah. it right on the head. I mean, to keep that that linear. My thing was this: Why couldn't Ben and Maggie don't kill me? Uh, why couldn't Ben Solo, <laughs> aka Kylo Ren, be the most incredible villain of all time? Um, I would have taken that. Oh, I would have yes. taken that. Yeah. They said lean it up in one way or the like, other. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I either, I either oh. wanted redemption or for him to just go full tilt villain. I like, wanted. Dude, I didn't like what we got. <laughs> watching it last night, I'm like, why didn't he just drive the lightsaber through the craned emperor right in the beginning of the film and just mm-hmm. take it right away, bro? What are you doing? Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I have a, I have a lot to say about Kylo because, in my opinion. He's my favorite Star Wars character of all time, and I feel really weird saying that because I am an OG kid. Lincoln yeah. Elementary School every day, ran home, put in either Empire Strikes Back or, or Jedi VCR, pulled out all the toys every single day. So to say someone from a new trilogy, especially one that currently is not fan-favored, makes me feel really weird. But yeah. I just think he's such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And and this is where, uh, when the Emperor thing happened, I think when I first heard you guys kind of saying, I don't know if I'm really into this, um, I don't know a lot about the extended universe. They did this sort of thing in an in a EU book, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it was, a, it was a pretty liked EU book. So my question to you guys is, how, does it, how did it work in the, in the book where it didn't work? Oof. In the movie, Oof. because it seemed, people seem to be okay with the Emperor being a, a clone at one point, but mm-hmm. right now people are not okay with it. Well, there's a difference between like having something in the movie and the book, and it was just a weird book. He wanted to, Palpatine wanted to transfer his soul into like 
a pregnant <laughs> Leia. It was yeah. just yeah. like. He's making <laughs> horcruxes and stuff. Right. L- it's not like snow. Okay. Okay. Great. That's a misconception that I have. At least in my opinion. I like opinion. Dark Empire. I, mean, I like sure Dark Empire like Dark, a lot. Dark Empire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot. But Yo. there's stuff. I think that's. I think that's a book that is also de- divisive as well. Fighting okay. words. These are fighting words. What is going on? Dark always, Empire is hated. It is. I, Always what? fighting words with you. <laughs> so Chris, so Chris, why does it work in Dark Empire but doesn't work in The Rise of Skywalker? I'm super interested yeah. to hear people's t- people's takes on that. I'm kind of so, curious about that too now. Y- yeah, no, yeah. I love it. So come on, number, Chris, fighting words, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> number one, um, Dark Empire is one of my favorite Star Wars stories. Dark Empire one through two, and it was a graphic novel. Um, and here's the thing: at, at the time, it's all contextual, right? Does it work? Mm-hmm. It, it would it work if it came out in 2016, 2014? I don't know. I don't know if it would have. But when it came out in the 90s. It made sense because we didn't have any content. We had the Timothy Zahn, you know, Masterclass Thrawn trilogy release, but then you get this Dark Empire graphic novel. So you add, you add visualization to a story, a continuation of Star Wars. You wanted to see what happened to the hero characters, your Luke, your Lando, your Han, your Leia. You wanted to see them on their journey. And, you know, obviously this is a time before the introduction of new heroes, Ray, Finn, Poe, etc. So the cloning technology in Dark Empire makes sense. Now, yeah, there's listen, it's a 90s comic. What 90s comic really holds up today? I mean, you go yeah. back and read some of those Spawn comics or whatever. The, yeah, I know Kyle's got Are a you lot. Comparing I love Star 90s Wars comics. comics to Spawn? Hey, I love I'm comparing a lot of the quirkiness in those 90s comics, just in general, any 90s comics. But from a pure story standpoint, the clone emperor makes sense because... It was not only that, it was in the only thing that they got right in the Rise of Skywalker from a cloning perspective was the uh, fallibility of the clone, where the clone would deteriorate rapidly and he would lose his essence, etc. I like that aspect of it, yeah. Um, but what what it did was, um, they they gave here's the thing they gave you an explanation in Dark Empire. They did not give you an explanation in The Rise of Skywalker. They put literal jello mold Snokes inside of a fish tank, and they're like, this is how we do it. And there's a guy with like bandage wraps over his eyes. They explain nothing of Exegol. Nothing. None of the Sith Eternals. None of that nonsense. It's just the dead speak. Somehow Palpatine returned. Dude, dumbest lines ever. I, I'm sorry. I can't get into it. Like, where, where were the breadcrumbs? In Force Awakens or Last Jedi for this. They're not it there. is just, it was shoehorned in. And I was so you gotta understand something. When <laughs> when I heard the Emperor laugh at Star Wars Celebration and we watched that trailer, I had tears in my eyes, tears of joy. Cause I go, they're gonna figure out a way to do this. And it is gonna be so badass. And I it is so such much hope. Such an incredible disappointment um, with the introduction of this cloned emperor in right. So that Steve, it is just contextual. But also, also, his clone son, a failure of storytelling, mm-hmm. a failure, a failure of storytelling. So Chris has some really strong opinions. Sorry, I, that was one of my favorite aspects of Dark Empire is keeping the emperor alive and and him being this incredible Sith user, and he's just ultimately a like a bum, like like he. Oh, he, yes, he's very powerful. <laughs> Hello there. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, hey, hey, Obi-Wan, um, 
You good there? Over, you good there, bud? Put him in, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm just introducing myself in the Star Wars Friends podcast. Well, well yeah, but I'm. Um, you do know that you're me, and, and and I'm you. How do you mean, my friend? Well, you know, I'm I'm voice acting you. Your voice. You kind of live up in my head. Right, but I'm Master Obi Wan. Can you just let him do his bit? Like, I, I don't think you see what he's trying to do here. Like, what he's telling you is that you live in a space in this kid's brain, this little 18-year-old's brain, and you're not actually real. I, I fail to see how that's the reality, Anakin. Frankly, I'm I'm confused. Well, well yeah, Obi-Wan, I, I get that you're confused. Can, can we just cut to the... Uh, no, no, my friend, I need to figure this out. By the end of this podcast, I will have figured out who I am, what I want, what I'm going to do. R- right, no, no, I, I, I get it. I do. Um, I, I just think you're kind of dragging this little section on like a long time, probably longer than the Star Wars Friends podcast wants it to go. Well, d- do, do look, I, 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 Obi-Wan, you're confused. I get it. These are confusing times. Unprecedented, maybe. I'm sure you've heard that word before, and you'll probably hear it a billion more times. Master Obi-Wan, I think what he's trying to say is that you should just be happy to be here on the Star Wars Friends podcast. It's a good day to be a Star Wars friend. Can we just, like, move on, please? Well, uh, all right, Anakin. I, I suppose that would be a, a good idea. <laughs> hey, I'm Kevin Cabral, and you're watching the Star Wars Friends show. Happy to be a Star Wars friend. We hope you're enjoying this Star Wars Friends roundtable recap of The Rise of Skywalker as much as Lando did flying into Exegol. (laughs) Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. They, what the hell is Exegol, right? Like, why were the ships built it's a, underground? It's a secret Sith planet. I know what it's it is, every, but it's yeah, just I mean, dumb. That was really man. easy to find. It's just dumb. Yeah, it's so well, easy to only, find. There's only a two whole, ways to find the way there. And a whole fleet can navigate through all those nebulas and all that weird star shit. Anyways, Josh, go ahead. I'm good. I need to take a breath. <laughs> Um, in a less aggressive way, I'd like to say that uh, I actually had no problem with him being a clone. I thought it made sense. They've done it before, the whole creating a clone, you know, putting his essence in a new clone. And that was the whole thing in Dark Empire. He had to create several clones because they deteriorate. Right. And he had, like, a whole, like, you know, lab full of clones. And, as you know, as soon as he'd, he'd burn out one body, he'd go to the next one. But, like... I had no problem with that. It was it, just like Chris said, it was the execution. And then like, so not explaining it to us at all. And then the whole thing with like the, the weird math they did to figure out how Ray was his, like, I, I didn't care that he was a clone. I actually thought that was fine, but him being Ray's grandpa, um, doesn't make sense to me. Like, Oh, it was a unviable, like I, none of that, none of the stuff that surrounded it made any sense. And that's what made it a problem. I think. I'm not trying to keep asking questions, but I just really want to pick no, you guys' mind about do. it. Please do. Keep it going. So uh, since we're saying like some of it is just it doesn't connect, I actually agree with you guys. The, the, the sequel trilogy, which I love, I'm actually one of those crazy people that actually loves there, No, Steve, Jedi. don't. No, Steve, no, 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 Steve. Yeah. Don't there are a lot of people who love it. There are a lot of people who love it. Do not discount yourself because you love the movies, all right? Mm-hmm. 
with the Snyder Cut coming out, I'll talk about a Suicide Squad coming out. You, hold on, I'm just trying to ask a question. Do you Letting think an, an, an extra, what was it, 45 minutes could help? Yes. Don't maybe. put, this, I, don't you put know, this into the maybe. universe. Don't put it into the universe. Release the Abrams uh, Cut. Uh, with that explains the Emperor stuff is in there. You know, and, and I, mm-hmm. I there, there's some plot holes that maybe we could also, they would have the benefit right now, just like I think they're doing with the Snyder Cut, to mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, li- hear people what they didn't like, and maybe kind of mini retcon things as they go mm-hmm. to, okay, people didn't like that uh, the Emperor was this. Well, if we, maybe we can put, drop just this tiny thing in here, and it'll kind of yeah. fix what people don't like. I don't want to submit to the masses. I don't think that's a good way to do art. I think you should do the art the way that you want to do it. And good call. That is mm-hmm. what good it is. Yep. But um, I'm just wondering if maybe that additional 45 minutes that JJ obviously thought was important oh. enough to shoot and, and edit and stuff like that, maybe that should be in there, you know? Candace. Um, there really, sh- well, one, there shouldn't have to be like this extra, like if I go to, through Batman versus Superman, <laughs> and then go through the directors. Like, so many plot holes are just there. Like, what was Finn trying to say to Ray the entire time? And he was force uh, sensitive. It's like, maybe, which, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe not. No, that, is, I what mean, he, that I know, is what he was. I know, I know, I know. But I, I know that. But like, but watching don't. it with a friend who isn't as casual. Right. Thank you. Yes. As a Star Agreed. Wars fan, they wouldn't get that. Right. And. They really shouldn't have to do this, but they're, yeah, there's studio interference and all that ex- stuff as well, but <sighs> there's just so much that's dropped, and I'm really sad about, like, the deleted scenes and photos that we saw, like, yeah. Kelly Marie yeah. Trans. Maybe just, that like, stuff would help. <sighs> I, <don't know. laughs> I got a lot of feelings, guys. <laughs> well, Candace, I, so, okay. Candace, you, I just want to expand on, on your thought here, and, and I, I know you have a lot of feelings. A lot of us clearly have a lot of feelings about this. It's, to, Steve, to Steve's question, if they release that stuff, how do you think that you would react? Um, would you be excited about that? Would you, would you watch it? Not maybe say that it would expand something to it, but how do you feel if they were to release the Abrams cut? Jesus, <sighs> well, I hated I'm saying that. I'm always for more Star Wars. <laughs> I'm always for more Star Wars, but um, just a little background on me. I'm I'm half Indian, and having an Asian American character, yeah, as yeah. a female, like what Kelly meant to me as someone who has been a fan for 23 years to see her on screen, yeah, and then see all the hate she got, and oh, then yeah. to see her yeah. cut on Rise of Skywalker broke my heart. Yeah. I can only imagine. Wow. Hashtag and where's Rose Tico? Yeah, yeah that yeah. was like. Like, that meant a lot to me and my other Asian friends. Yeah. Like, to see, actually be seen on screen for, like, something that we've loved for decades since we were little girls. Wow. That just, like, but then we, if we see all the deleted scenes that they just happened to put back in, that might make me a little mad. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't want that either, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, I- I think I'm going to like kind of agree with you that whatever whatever the artist made that's what it should be and that's what we should take in but I didn't when they announced the runtime I already was thinking why is this movie only 2 hours and 20 yes, minutes long they agree. when they, yeah. when they make these huge franchise things they're easily 3 hours long these days it's common so why right. I don't know why those 40 plus 
these aren't three hours long. I could be making that up, but I read that but in an article somewhere. Have watched any of the Lord of the Rings but movies? It's a lot right. also about <laughs> how trying to make money, too. Lord. Because yes. they have to have it play so many times right. in theaters. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so, so it's yeah. money. So, Candace, to, to your point right there, I thought that they would have, you know, done the theatrical release and then come back in February when they needed more money or a boost and say, hey, we've added some extra scenes. Those extra scenes still haven't made it into the digital platforms yet. They're not on the Blu-rays, which was ultimately... Co- very disappointing. When I when I downloaded that that content on day one, I was expecting to see some deleted scenes to explain maybe some cloning backstory or or more Beaumont. I, I mean, front and center, I There's needed more Beaumont. Um, well, I know I should stop. And, oh, yeah. I'm and, sorry. And, it, <laughs> how did you sell with Beaumont? There's a photo <laughs> of Ray one. and Rose. Yeah, and they're That's like right. talking That's behind right. the scenes, and I wanted that scene so badly. <laughs> well, yeah. not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I if. If what was deleted changes, changes major plot points, you can't leave, you can't include it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, true. that's sure. my conspiracy theory. Like the fact that we didn't get any of these deleted scenes that we know happened tells me that those scenes most likely contain plot points that were left on the cutting yeah. room floor and we're never going to see them. And I'm also like, since I'm in the film industry, I know how much is shot that. It's just like a flight of fancy, like, oh, this kind of seems cool, or somebody brought this idea to the table, so we'll shoot right. it today. And like it's never gonna be seen. It's it's maybe gonna be a pickup shot somewhere along the way. It's it's not really that vital. And like I have I have a lot of really strong opinions about the Snyder cut. Um and what it what happens in fandom as somebody who's been in fandoms for so long and seeing like certain sects of the fandom getting things given to them is not good especially when those groups have been um, aggressively vocal. Uh, and so I really don't want this to become a trend, especially in the Star Wars fandom, because we know how the Star Wars fandom can be. Um, and also there's already been such a, like, a heated debate about when they remastered uh, the end of Jedi and added uh, Hayden Christensen as uh, Anakin. I love um, it. Love it. I love it, but a lot of people don't. And Doesn't I remember, make sense. I remember when that <laughs> happened. I was like, what? I'm with you, like, Josh. I was like 14 years old or something when that happened. And I remember reading like the Star Wars fan forums and people were not happy. People were going to the store and buying copies to break. It hasn't changed. I I never get that. It was like a decade ago. People still do that crazy stuff. Right. But like, yeah. But also deleted scenes aren't canon. And like. That's just something that we're going to have to face, that there's going to be scenes Wait. that we're never going to see. They're not canon. Wait, so Luke Skywalker and those little uh, reptile ladies, the caretakers, with They're not supposed to be the canon. third lesson, which is in which is in Jason Fry's novelization. It's the yeah. same thing. Have, you guys know what I'm talking about? That's one of the funniest yeah. scenes. Yeah. I can't believe I they cut that yeah. out of the movie. But multiple Ugh, multiple people have. have said, you know that the really fantastic um, deleted scene from Last Jedi where Rose bites uh, Hux's finger? Oh that's yeah, not, yeah, that's not canon. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to the storyline at all. Like it's <laughs> said, it's not canon. So what's? I mean, what's going to change if we get Rise of Skywalker super secret lead at scenes that mm-hmm. aren't going to change mm-hmm. the outcome of the film? They should explain light. Up. They should explain light speed skipping a little bit better. But anyway, no. go, yeah. Justin. Yeah, right. go, Justin. <laughs> so I think the the runtime I understand a little bit from a perspective of when Force Awakens came out. It it reintroduced a much younger generation into the Star Wars universe. Kids, yeah. right? Dressing as Rey, dressing as Finn, dressing as Poe. Um, 
when when they're making Disney versus you know if you're looking at Lord of the Rings, they make these movies not just for I mean they try to encompass everybody. So I understand the two hour runtime from a little kid perspective that goes, hey, I want to go see Star Wars, but they can't sit still for like the three hours. Was Avengers though? Hmm? Those those run three hours. Three hours? Yeah, it was about three hours. Yeah, so I can understand that a little bit, but to take characters uh, to your point about Lisa Marie. like Finn, right? Who in who had a much larger role, I thought, in Force Awakens than the other two movies. He got relegated to a side character in yes. the other two movies, and then in the third one, you decide we're going to make him force sensitive or introduce something new to the Finn character, but not give him any larger of a role in the third movie. Give him a lightsaber, or I know, I know have is- him use force powers, or yeah. something. If you're going to go that route, you need to flush it out and develop it more. And I thought they missed an opportunity there to take Finn's character from the first one, maybe introduce him as a force sensitive in the second one. And then by the third one, he's he's more developed, maybe not as developed as Ray. But then that's where that starts that new Chris, one of Chris's favorite thing, Legion of Skywalkers, or that's the new Jedi or what have you. And Finn and, and Ray are now hey, we're going to pull in other people and other kids that maybe have Force-sensitive powers like Broom Boy and teach them <laughs> the Boy. new way of things, right? And, and you left a character on the table that was never yes. fully developed. Agreed. And just to show that I'm not just a complete Star Wars homer, like there are definitely things I don't like about The Rise of Skywalker. In my opinion, Chewie shouldn't have been rescued so fast. Chewie should have been taken to Exegol and Finn and all the force sensitive defectors should have been on a rescue mission to get Chewie while everybody else does what they're going to do. Would have been so much better. It would have made more sense. It would have also given us more than three minutes to worry about if Chewie was dead or not. You know, they literally make that threat and take it away right away. So they undercut their own emotional beats so quickly. They do that throughout the whole movie. Yes, they do. Bless. I said it, man. So. Chewie's in this trailer so much that that moment got ruined anyway. You knew that he survived because you, you saw don't him know that? flying with Lando. You, and it, you saw him flying with Lando in every trailer. You know that yeah, that but didn't that, cut from the You movie. never know. You never Ruined know. In every single movie nowadays. Hey, remember Rogue One trailer when the TIE fighter rose up on the platform behind Jyn Erso? Never made it to the movie, bro, so don't count on the trailer. Oh. Anyways, hang on, no, hang on, hang on. Lando Standard. going yeehaw with Chewie's in every trailer. Can I just add one last thing about Finn? And how I think somebody just recently posted it on Twitter about how so much, and I think John actually responded to it, how much of the Force Awakens marketing had been holding the lightsaber yes. Yes. and how mm-hmm. that should have been followed through. And honestly, after The Last Jedi, I was hoping that he was going to like realize his Force sensitive powers and he was going to go back and liberate the stormtroopers because they yes. are all just yes. kids who were kidnapped and they are just like him. And like this idea that like there could be other force sensitive stormtroopers that are out there and him like connecting with them and like turning on the first order would have been an infinitely better story than what we got, which is of course this like what if, but I think it's so important that Finn had more of a story. Like he, he deserved so much more, especially as like what he represented as a character. Agree. And that is one of the things that I think I was the most disappointed with in the, the rise of Skywalker. Like I think what they did with Finn and Poe's characters were the things that I took to heart 
most. Like I was very upset by those. Oh, you and, brought up and Rose. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, okay. So <laughs> sorry, that's another one. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> let, let, how, how do I? Okay, Finn is my favorite character of the sequel trilogy, and wow. I okay. love and, Finn and, so much. And he and he got the short end of the stick, and he's still my favorite character of the trilogy. Now, Maggie, everything you just said can be fanfic, and it could possibly turn into oh, it's, a. It's in my fanfic. It can be it's in my Jana, fanfiction. Yeah, Janna and Finn they go liberate the stormtroopers. I think that would be fantastic. But here's what we got to do: we got to stay on target. We've, yes. we've kind of got off the rails a little bit. We're not here. We got to remind ourselves, this is not a what if episode because it's so easy to do. And that just goes to the fact that there's no very, it's, there's no decent linear story on this. So I want to, we have not heard from Justin, from Steve and from Candace on your, your just baseline Rise of Skywalker review. So I'll let the guests go first. All right. So, who wants to take it, Candace, Steve? Okay. Steve, you ready? All right. Go ahead. Let's let's hit your take review. It. The recap of the Rise of Skywalker. Fantastic, almost juxtaposition of what every other movie in the Star Wars and the Skywalker saga tells us. And even though, and this is why I really don't like Ray being a Palpatine either. Every single Star Wars movie talks about the connections of people, blood, and all that stuff. It matters who your father was, who your grandfather is. You didn't really have a choice. This is your fate. And The Rise of Skywalker takes a line, in my opinion, takes a line from The Last Jedi, um, let the past die, and takes it from something that's used, in my opinion, in an ugly way in The Last Jedi. Not in a bad, ugly way, but in a way of like Ben Kylo saying, I'm going to kill my past because it's all, that's the way that I can become who I am. And it makes people think, oh, he's killing his parents. He's killing his history. He's killing all this stuff. And in The Rise of Skywalker, it says, it, Luke says, it doesn't matter who your blood is. Some things, are thick, or some things are stronger than blood. Let all of that die. And at this moment, make a choice. Ben could have mm-hmm. walked away when Ray was when just laying there at the end. And he could have taken a light. But at that moment with his entire past and everything he's done wrong. And he's sitting there thinking, I have a chance right now to make it right. I can take this time and I can make it right. And he didn't need to uh, uh, go to any master. He didn't need to learn any new lesson. I just feel like he went inside himself and said, for so many years, for the entire sequel trilogy saga, I've been lied to, my mind has been poisoned, and I've just been in this shell of a person Right now, I'm going to be Ben, and I'm going to make a choice for me. And I think that that's why while most people really hate the ending of Rise of Skywalker and how it comes together, to me, the sequel trilogy is the story of Ben Solo. It's not the story of Rey Skywalker. That's just that's how I felt from the start. It, it is, and even though Rey is the focus, and I love Rey, and I love Finn, and I love their adventures, much like uh, The Dark Knight, I'm just waiting for Heath Ledger to get back on screen. I'm waiting wow. for wow. I'm waiting for Kylo to come back because. And once again, this is where you guys can kind of fill me in. I'm not as well-versed in the extended universe. Have we ever had a character that has just been openly fighting against the light? I love the line from The Force Awakens. He apologizes for feeling a pull to the light. I mean, that's just, that's just so fascinating to me. It's such great character development of someone that's actually fighting to be in the light, whereas in every other movie iteration book, at least from my knowledge, it's, it's, it's the opposite. People fighting to, to stay, you know, away from the darkness, you know, and this person's fighting to stay in the darkness. I just think, and then with, with, uh, just not to get off on a rant here, but 
Kylo Ren is a great physical characterization of mental health and oppression. Yes. Mm. Big time. Big time. Mm. And I have struggled with it most of my life. I am. And, and there's so many direct threads that I can tie from that character. The way he looks, the way he speaks, words that he says, things that yep. he thinks that I can tie direct threads to my life and say, I have felt that exact same way about this other thing. The way that we all wear a mask. Kylo doesn't need to wear that mask. But that's how the world thinks that he needs to look. So whether it be shattered, whether it be broken, here's my mask to you, world. My, the real person is underneath here and is fighting to show you this is what I am. I was the class clown. I was voted class clown in my senior class. I, I was in such horrible depression. And it just shows that the, 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 the mask that we wear, the cracked, crystal, the, the cracked kyber crystal that reflects his soul, just mm-hmm. that character alone. And maybe that's why I, I do love the sequel trilogy so much because Kylo Ren is such an important yeah. character to me. I, I can sometimes overlook some of the other stuff. You know, I'm really glad, Steve, that you brought that up because that is something that I have heard um, repeatedly from fans of Kylo Ren, that there's something about him that they relate to because of their own struggles in life. And that was one of the reasons why, like, for me, why his death felt like such a blow because it's like you don't like that's not the answer. Death is not the answer. Sacrificing yourself so somebody else can be happy is not the answer. And I feel like that's why for so many people that resonated as like, like a gut punch because they saw sure. themselves in that character. But just like you, I love Kylo Ren. He is the yeah. best part of the sequel trilogy. Um, I almost wore my Kylo Ren t-shirt today. Um, but <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, but I think it's, it's really interesting how certain characters in the sequel trilogy have kind of taken on um, a much more important message for a lot of the audiences. And I think that's why, you know, there's a positive side to the sequel trilogy is that there's a lot of very relatable characters. There's characters that are like Rey, who is an orphan, who's trying to find her place in place in the galaxy. Um, Which I mean, we've seen that with with Luke and with Leia. But I think with Rey, it was it was different because she's this female character that's trying to find who she belongs with her friends, the cause, like her place in the world. Her place, you, know, so I, yeah. you know, I think that's that's some of the positive sides of the sequel trilogy, really. So I'm gonna retract my Finn statement I made a few moments ago. Kylo Ren is probably my favorite character in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> uh, it, well, it, I'm gonna you know, sign off now. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I uh, I do like the Kylo Ren in, uh, character, but here, Steve, you said something very poignant in your in your uh, assessment of the Rise of Skywalker, and I didn't and I did not realize this. I feel bad. I didn't realize this until last night, laying on my couch watching the movie. It is, and I've come to grips with it, and I feel better today. And you said it, and you said it for me. This is not a trilogy about Ray Skywalker. This is a trilogy about Ben Solo. And now, when you look at it through that lens, I feel a lot better about the trilogy. I still don't like it, but it at <laughs> least makes a lot more sense to me to look at it, at it as a Ben Solo type. I, 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 I got to fully flesh out my thoughts, but that to me makes sense at the end of the Skywalker saga. He's the end of the Skywalker saga, the blood or whatever right. you want to call it. And then, you know, Ray just takes on this moniker. So very well said. Thank you, Steve. Uh, appreciate all that. That was, yeah. So Kylo Ren is probably my favorite sequel trilogy character. But if you listen to Star Wars Friends, it might be Ray next week. Who knows? Uh, it will definitely never be Beaumont. Candace, what, are, <laughs> what is your, 
Give us your rundown on Rise of Skywalker. What is your official review? We're putting you on the spot right now. Oh, gosh. Okay. It's a good popcorn film. I had fun watching parts of it. But as a crazy Star Wars fan for the past 20 years, who has deep-dyed Extended Universe, all that kind of fun stuff, I, I felt kind of hurt. Just by little things like the Wayfinder. I'm like, that's a Holocon, yeah. guys. Yes. The second that I saw yeah. that, I was like, <laughs> I watch Rebels. Did you guys not watch Rebels? <laughs> Everyone watched Rebels. Everyone watched Rebels, except for JJ and, and Chris Terrio. Chris, Chris Terrio didn't watch Rebels. No, Chris yeah. Terrio did not care. He's too busy lifting weights. Sorry, Candace. Go ahead. It's okay. And um, I did have some issues with The Last Jedi, but it still was a solid film. And you, even if you like hated The Last Jedi... And you have to make the next movie. You need to accept that what happened in The Last Jedi happened, happened. and it's canon. And that just, like, there were so many things that it undid all this this path we were on. And it wasn't for, like, subversion or shock value. It just felt petty. And Yes, I agree. And it just, again, saying the whole thing about, like, being obsessed with Star Wars canon. Light speed skipping? like so if they could have just brought up oh we got this new part yes thank you claude claude this weird creature they introduced right at the beginning could have been this master like weird engineer (laughs) that built that part sorry we're we're doing what if we're doing what if claude could have been rose it's already yeah claude should have developing new mechanical technology it's a side note in the visual uh you're right you're right sorry candace Sorry, Candace. Go yeah, ahead. it's just yeah. it's just small things like that because that affects so many other points. Like at the very beginning of New Hope, they can't outrun those Tie Fighters because right. they have to take the they have to wait to make sure they don't run into a planet. Like Han says, it's not like Dustin Crops boy. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Great line. So it's just th- little things like that. Like how did she get her lightsaber back? It felt like a big deal that it was destroyed. It was just all these yeah. things that they just kind of forgot. But Babu Frick was cute. Yes. yes. Love Babu. Yes. The I'm droid trying, is I ready. Write, I was trying to write like positive things. But I did have a of- remember, go blank. <laughs> blank, blank. I was a little worried going in because I read about all the new characters that were coming in. And I was yeah. like. Guys, this is the last movie. If you right. look at yeah, third act characters, bad choice. Yeah, third right. act look at Return of the Jedi. Choice. How many new characters really are there? Not like, many main characters. Nia Zori Nine. wasn't Wicket. necessary. A bunch Zori. of people that get murked at the sail barge. Equal trilogy that Captain Phasma. I don't know why she even exists. Such a cool character, such an amazing actress, and to use her the way that she got used, I think, is a travesty. Agreed. You know, there, there's yeah. there, there's just characters that. Zori, uh, they needed to make us understand that she was absolutely crazy about Poe more because why else would she just give her, or I'm sorry, right. uh, give him this, also this, scared this of mask that she's been working her also, entire yeah. life. They were so yeah. scared, Candace. Ben they were po so scared. Which was on. obvious. Yes. Yes. Ben I was so, uh, so Finn Poe. I was so team Finn Poe. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on board for that. Okay. I haven't rewatched The Rise of Skywalker since the second time I saw it in theaters. Wait, I, wait, wait, wait. You I have not, not rewatched it before this episode? Wait, we all had to rewatch it last time. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I had to watch it. I, I can't believe very, that you didn't watch it. I what? Was very, Dang. very. I, 
guys, do you not think I'm telling the truth in the group chat when I kept saying I'm not rewatching it? I saw it, I saw it uh, two weeks after the release with my best friend. I was like, we're going to go see this. We've seen the last two movies together. Uh, I had like three gen drinks before I went and saw it, which is the oh, like, no. best way to watch it. Oh, no. Um, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Zori's entire plot point with the coin that she gives Poe ends up not even being used really does it no it was used no they, they get used on the, to get on the kylo okay. ren's ship but it's like it's but they could have just crash landed on the ship. could have given exactly. them the yeah. coin yeah yes i thought i thought she needed the coin she wanted to leave the planet or to get out of mm-hmm. yes. where she was so that's There's why she wanted the coin then how but did yet, she get off exactly in the end of the oh, movie anyway she gets off question. to go fight in a space battle because no one dies except ben solo in this movie just get off of that planet, which the, the name is escaping me right now. Kajimi. I think Kajimi. she says Kajimi. something like, this is a, it's, it's like a free pass to any Imperial lane. It is. Yes. Wherever I need yes. it, I can throw it in and I disappear. I can move through their lanes without mm-hmm. having any trouble, jump out. Right. Um, and I'll be okay. But, but then once again, she really talks she it up. Got like, off uh, I've worked my entire life for this thing and you just give it away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that yeah, because right. I'm, a, I'm a huge romantic at heart. So yeah. uh, the Padme Anakin stuff works for me just because love, right? Because love. Yeah. Uh, that works, but you didn't make me understand that like she's crazy about this. She, she pretends yeah. like she's not, yeah. she's you know, tough, but mm-hmm. you have to make me understand that like this, that's a big deal for her to give away something yeah. that she's a smuggler and right. she's a spice runner and yeah. she's worked her whole life to get this thing and she just gave it away. Once again, just like Chewie, you, yeah. you, you threatened us with something or showed us something and then instantly took it right back. That's, that, that wasn't good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just to clarify for listeners, the reason why I chose not to rewatch the film is because I wrote like a six page, basically <laughs> dissertation <laughs> review of all of my thoughts after I saw the movie. Uh, so I already had a like very concise, very in-depth list of notes to yeah. use for this episode. So very true. You just didn't want to suffer cool. with us. No, yes. I know. I didn't know we could do that. I also I already it. knew what I thought about this. Well, movie. Kyle, we're still going to get to you, Kyle. We're going to get to you in just a few. Candace, I want to just wrap up on on your on your review. Um, you know, so is this a movie that you enjoyed it, it on its? I know, I know. You said it's just on its own. It's fine, but. How do you feel about it in the larger scope of the nine films? Is it a, is it a proper end to the Skywalker saga? Oh, I just did my ranking, and it's like the last one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so crazy. It's, to me. Yeah, it's solidarity. Sorry, yeah, Steve. they just. I, I'm sorry. It's just it bothers me so much that they didn't that, in Star Wars live action. Is that including Ewok completely. movies? <laughs> All of Star Wars. I rank Clone Wars higher. Oh, I, I rank Clone it Wars just, like almost first. <laughs> yeah. It's just mm-hmm. kind of gone through an evolution in the last two weeks because there was someone from the, I'm forgetting the name of the podcast, the Toast podcast uh, girls. Force Toast. Had on. Force Toast, yeah. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. One of those girls' favorite Star Wars movie of all time was Attack of the Clones, and I instantly was like, mm-hmm. that's crazy, but then that's kind of beautiful in a way. That's something that I think is just absolutely, that's no good. That, some, that, that yeah. could be someone's favorite. I think that's yeah. great, and I think that's one of the great things about Star Wars. 
So, yeah. so Candace, so Candace, like me, we've buried the Rise of Skywalker in rankings. I don't like to rank often, and it, you know, I, I, like I said, I've already changed my mind on Finn versus Kylo Ren on this episode. So, um, <laughs> you know, but but the Rise of Skywalker is in my bottom three for sure. So, how do you feel about it as the bow on the end of Skywalker Skywalk keyword Skywalker saga? Well, something that I've been thinking about a lot is like rewatching the original trilogy. It doesn't take anything away from my love of those three movies. It doesn't. It's disappointing because they only had one chance was Carrie, Mark, and Harrison to yeah. do yes. those movies. We will never get those characters on screen again. I'm really disappointed we never got a scene with all three of them together. Agreed. Yes. I. I'm sad all three of the characters that I grew up loving are dead. Yeah. 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 But um, it was nice. It was hopeful in a way. I'm glad Ray's going to go out. Like in my hand, ca- ha- in my head canon, at least she's out teaching kids and. Oh yeah. I would love that. And yeah. And I do like that. It's hard. I can't. It's too much. <laughs> no, I feel, you, I feel you. In, 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 so to your point about, about the, the characters being dead, right? Obviously, Carrie Fisher's passed in real life, but yeah. that Harrison Ford, Han Solo, Ben Solo moment on the Death Star, I, re-watching that last night, that's still like probably my favorite scene in the whole film. And it is so poetic. In obviously Star Wars poetry, that's just a theme. Um, I didn't really fully appreciate that scene until last night, being that bookend on The Force Awakens. And when I thought of The Force Awakens scene where he murders Han Solo, and then watching that scene last night, um, just with a clear mind as a fan, having that moment was incredible. Obviously, we've talked about Adam Driver's acting. Harrison Ford's a masterclass actor as well. So that scene was great. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to watch his oh. beloved mm-hmm. heroes pass. Can I just say that that scene where she hears the voices of the Jedi past, I watched 10 times last night. I just kept going back because I'm such a huge fan of those TV shows. Yeah. And having the voice actors reprise their roles in an actual film and make it like, yes, these TV shows that you have loved and watched a thousand times count. And the real right. and hearing Ahsoka's voice and hearing Kane and Jairus's voice. Yes. It just, that was magical for me. So there was points of it. I loved seeing Poe, Finn, and Ray actually having an adventure together because those three have chemistry, at least to yes. me. Yes, and agreed. I, yeah, yeah, I would have loved to see more of them together. Agreed. Well said, well said. I think you summed up a lot of our uh, our feelings collectively on this show. Um, for sure, for sure. I, it's a lot of sadness. I, I got that theme from you, Candace. It's a lot of sadness. So yeah. to me, it's it was just a disappointing film. It fell flat. And that's kind of summed up how a lot of us feel. But we still need to hear from Justin. And, and I want to save Kyle for last because um, <laughs> Kyle, I, we forced Kyle I don't Kyle have to much new so. to say. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Dominique Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to The Star Wars Friend Show. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards 
accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc. But the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band, Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Some comfort here. In the arms of the angel you Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away. We hope you're enjoying this Star Wars Friends Roundtable recap of The Rise of Skywalker as much as Lando did flying into Exegol. (laughs) Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. But Justin, how do you how do you feel about the movie now, six months removed from the theater? So I know I think I said this in like the second episode we recorded. You can always take something out of a Star Wars movie, whether you love it, you like it, you dislike it, you hate it. There's something that you can take out of it that you enjoy. Um, I like the movie. I don't love it. It is not my favorite. If if normally when I travel, I go back and I rewatch every movie from episode one to the last one. I just watch them in sequential order over and over and over again. That's what I do. But if I'm like, hey, my go-to to watch if I'm in a mood is Empire. I love that movie. I'm yes. going to go to it. I, it draws me to it. Um, there's a couple others that I can do that with too that you know I like almost equally as well. But like Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to go, hmm, I like it, but it's not going to be playing in the background for me. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm not going to know every line from that movie the same way that I do some of the others. But there's things that I really, really enjoy from the movie. I always, I'm a big ship guy. I'm a big trooper guy. So I always yeah. love seeing costumes and vehicles and things like that. And music is always great. And I think cinematography is great. Yes. Um, you know, for me, I think the biggest 
qualm I had with the movie, even from the very first watching in the theater, was clunky dialogue. Um, I'm not a big mm. fan of clunky dialogue, and I, I we've said this, I've said this before, where you know they're going to rescue Chewie off the ship, and they they first arrive on the ship, right? And they walk down the ramp, they blast the two first order troopers, and they get out there, and Ray goes, "All right, where do we go?" And then Finn goes, "I don't know. Follow me." Well, why am I following you if you don't know where to go, right? And and here's that was a, a great and in hindsight thinking about it, there was a great opportunity there for if you're trying to make him force sensitive, change the line to say, "I'm not sure. I have a feeling we need to yes, go this way." Yes. And yes. then he's like, "I don't know, but something is pulling me in this direction." And yeah. there he is channeling the force. If that's what you're trying to convey that you could have switched the dialogue up and made him go that way. And then, you know, a little bit later on, still in the rescue of Chewie, um, Ray goes, um, or what does she say? Uh, the blade is here. And, or she goes, the blade is here. We need to go get it. And cause and uh, Poe goes, why? And she goes, cause we need it. Well, that was already expressed when Babu Frick rewired three PO and three PO yeah. said the blade shows the way. So that, just that one line from Poe, all he needed to say was, all right, you go get the blade. We'll go get Chewie rather than right. Yes. right. And There's it, a so lot from, of clunky dialogue. Yeah. Yes. 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 Like again, the uh, Maggie, you brought it up, the Zori bliss and Ray when they yeah. first encounter him and she knocks uh, Zori down and she goes, worst line for, in the movie for what it's worth. I, I, what, I forget <laughs> what she line. says for what it's worth. I not like that you, you care, but I think you're okay. Yeah. Not that yeah. you care, but I think you're okay. And I'm I like, I kind of like it. I did. You just met her. Like, I, you know, I don't. There's yeah, a certain yeah, amount of things. Yeah, that we it really have didn't to, like... bother me either, frankly. Yeah. And I don't love this yeah. movie. But but, you know, <laughs> but the thing about clunky dialogue is that it drags down a movie that should be fast paced. And then you yes. can have more useful dialogue or other mm-hmm. scenes right. that it's all about or things to tie in better together. Showing, but... not telling. I hate films that do too much telling. Thank like, you. show us, don't tell us. Mm. And, and one of the things things that I think is a, a, a setback for this movie is, and I personally think of all three of the sequel trilogies, this is Oscar Isaac's worst movie. I'm expecting to see a lot of horrible things right now. No, I agree. But JJ gave him the unfair <laughs> job of all the exposition. He oh, let him true. explain so everything. Much exposition. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not fair. Like, you didn't let, it's, it, was, it was a weird mix of exposition at the same time, like, you think we're dumb and we can't figure things out. I don't need you to tell me that every Star Destroyer has planet-killing technology. Yes. It sounds dumb, and I figured that out on my own. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have to yeah. tell us yeah. things like and that. Or unfortunately, like, that's a that's a J.J. Abrams like hallmark. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. like he did that in Star Trek so much, and and it yeah. was a case of oh, audiences will just take whatever you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So I think there's. I think, oh, sorry, Josh. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I'm just gonna finish up my. Thing, but yeah, there was, ahead. there was so the clunky dialogue for me kind of turned me off to it. I I like a well written story and a well flushed out plot line, and I think that's where for me it it went astray. And it it's not just this one, Last Jedi too. I liked it. I don't love it, but there's things that I loved in Last Jedi. There's things yeah. that I loved in this one. I'm a sucker for a good Imperial Star Destroyer. Oh, I yeah. loved <laughs> seeing a full fleet of them. That was badass. Um, but you know, I I think it could have. It, the way that it went back to Force Awakens, it should have been a much better continuous storyline from start to finish. And yeah. whether that's a story about Ray and 
um, the Legion of Skywalkers after Luke passes on his knowledge or whether that's um, uh, the Ben Solo story from or the Kylo Ren Ben Solo story from seven through nine. The continuation there, I think, would have been a lot better for me. But, um, you know, it's it's towards the bottom of my watch list. But, um, yeah, you know, I've I've flip flopped between that one and Last Jedi. And again, there's there's parts I love. There's things that I really loved about it. Um, you know, I love Babu. I think everybody loves Babu. Um, I thought 3PO. I thought 3PO was killer oh, in this movie. Yes, yes, Chewie, yes. Chewie was killer in this movie. Um, and that was one of the big things for me was not. I, I love Chewie. I do. But a meaningful death in a movie is can absolutely change the tone of things. The yes. death of Han in Force Awakens changes things. Killing Chewie in that moment would have been huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. But then like five minutes later to your point. Oh, Chewie's alive. Hey. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a I, lot I of think... moments like that. There's a lot of like you think somebody's dead and then oh they're alive. Oh, this mm-hmm. happened. Oh, it yeah. came undone. Yeah. Even C three PO gets his memory back. Yes. It's fine. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Because R2 just I don't need to keep saying things that, I, normal. that yeah. I totally dislike, but at the start of every single <laughs> Star Wars movie, can we just can we just ask R2 if if he knows how to fix this? Because Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, just talk to the little R2 guy, guys. Yeah, he usually has the map or has the thing that you need or (laughs) has the memory bank that you need. Talk to R2, okay? I have a question. could have just asked him about Vader and been like, oh, yeah. And then R2 could have been like, that's your sister over there, too. (laughs) Don't kiss her. Don't kiss her. (laughs) I have a question, too. When they leave to go on this mission, right? It's Ray, it's Finn, it's Poe. And they take 3PO. You're not taking Mm -hmm. R2? Gotta take R2. Why? I thought R2 Why? was... She, he was hanging out with Leia. He wanted to be but, with Leia. Uh, apparently, but like... And they already have BB-8. The dude has been... Like, you know... He's been there since episode one. He's been through all of this, like, over yeah. time. Yeah. He knows... And his memory has never been wiped. His memory yeah. has never been wiped. Why would you not take him? And, like, 3PO and R2 are a tandem pair, but you took BB-8, <sighs> and then you run into Dio. What, uh, what if CB8 and R2 just don't get along? No, I like Dio. Don't get me wrong. I like Dio. Uh, I think he's I super cute. I think don't he's super add characters cute. in the third film. I like anyway. Dio until I found out who voiced him. Oh. <laughs> Dio's cute. Dio's well, cute. Well, I, I thought it was pertinent because they... Eat wheel. I have a yeah, squeaky they, wheel. They introduce him and then... Um, they're, they he gives them information about the ship or something like that, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought that was okay. Like, oh, they find this little character and like he has this one little tidbit of information that helps him, kind of like Jar Jar in Episode. He knew one, about right? Exegol because yeah. that's where they were going, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so like when they find Jar Jar in Episode One, they're like, oh, this poor little you know creature. He's he's kind of been crapped on by his own people, right? Yeah. But then when it comes to hey, we need help in reclaiming Naboo. Hey, the Gungan army. Is really, really, he's like, ah, psh, dude, he's like, Gungans aren't going to give up. We got a huge army. What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, wait, he can help us. So I didn't mind that aspect so much, but I don't understand why you left R2, who has the most knowledge of any one of these characters behind. While we're talking about Dio, I did notice on my rewatch um, when, and maybe everybody noticed this, but when Ray heals the big basilisk snake thing, Right. Um, and, and BB eight basically asked her what happened. She says, I gave him some of my life force, some of my energy, and you would do the same thing. And then on the ship, when, um, 
BB-8 sees Dio, whose battery is dead. He gives him <laughs> yeah, some of his yeah. battery, some of his life force, and he does the same thing. That's so cute. It's like mm-hmm. nice cute. Yeah. Yep. So, Kyle, yeah. last but not least, last <laughs> but not least, give us your highly anticipated Rise of Skywalker rewatch recap. Hit us with uh, it. <laughs> it is not ten. one of those. It is a movie. It is done. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, I'm, I'm trying to be more like sympathetic towards it. I, I, I'm trying to do less of like what could have been and this just right is what is, um, because I think that's a source of a lot of my frustration is like, I think they could have just made better decisions in a lot of places. Um, I do hope that we get some more explanation on things in uh, major media. Not that the novelization isn't major media, but it's something that a lot of people don't don't read uh, if you've watched the movie. I, even people who do read some of the novels, I don't think always pick up the novelization of the main films. So hopefully through... Um, TV shows and and standalone book series and and who knows future movies anything we can get some more information because I I guess if I'm looking at it for what it is my biggest complaint is that they tried to do a lot of things and then it just lacks heart because they just told you it happened and and you don't get that kind of backstory to it you don't get it's not earned i think is the way i would say it is you get some Mm. character stuff but it doesn't really feel earned because you don't you don't see that that journey you don't know how they got to that end point it's just sort of given to you and i know that's broad but in across the whole movie i felt like it wasn't earned enough. I need to know how those characters got from where they started to where they ended more in their head than just like the physical plot points. I think the whole thing with Kylo Ren's turn, it needed to be huge because he did turn from the dark to the light and he did have that change, but it was all kind of convoluted. What exactly was Leia doing when she died and reached out to him? What exactly right. was that conversation right. with Han, which was weird because Han's not a force sensitive thing. And what exactly happened when Ray uh, healed him? Was she given him her energy? Is that part of what helped him turn when he healed her at the end? Why did he, do- you know, it all just didn't, I, I, I think it could have hit and it didn't hit just because we didn't get an, uh, quite enough. And that's why that, that two, two hour, 20 minute runtime really hurts. Cause I think this movie needed another 30 minutes. I agree. So agree. So agree that um, if we didn't have the, or so I guess I should say, do you remember when you finished watching the prequel trilogy, having maybe some of the same feelings that you're having right now about the sequel trilogy because we didn't have the extra stuff so far or uh, yet? I will say I, so the prequel trilogy started when I was like a senior in high school. I want to say junior seniors when Phantom Menace came out. So I was looking at these things from a totally different perspective. Yeah, I think so. A lot of that is on me. I think I remember being, underwhelmed with specifically attack of the clones. It was like, Oh, now we're just doing where, where did these 
I, I don't know. How did we get to like this? Yeah. How did we get to this place where it's just like Jedi everywhere and we've got like a grown up Anakin. He was just a kid. And then we skip Mm. to the next movie and it's like, oh, we're at the end of a war. What, what war we just saw, we just met the clones. And so I think it was a little confusing in that way, but I was just happy to have more star Wars and I was happy to see like, oh, that's Anakin Skywalker and that's Obi-Wan and I, and that's the emperor. And that's, those are these things that I already know what happens to them. So I think I was a little more sympathetic to it. Um, not necessarily because it was a better trilogy, even though I think right now I would say it is, but I have so much more context to look at it through. Yeah. I was just going to say that the, the, Kylo and Han moment in um, Rise of Skywalker. I didn't take so, that as a Force Ghost Han. I took that as Kylo's conscience, like yes. a visual representation yeah. of his conscience after realizing what Rey had done for him, and like he's just standing there alone with his thoughts. I didn't take it as a Force Ghost thing. I just took that as a. I didn't yeah, either. I just conscious weird. We, it was I mean, weird. I've never had. I've never seen a a star Wars character have a conversation with a tangible deceased dead yeah. person. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't know that like, the scene would have worked if it awakens. Like, Leia says, Luke is a Jedi. You're his father. So I think Leia knows that to get through to Ben, you got to go through Han. There's, mm-hmm. there's a connection mm-hmm. there that, that, uh, you know, uh, he thought I got to get rid of Han because Han to me, and this goes back to the whole depression and mental health thing with Kylo. Uh, when when Kylo kills Han in The Force Awakens, he's not killing his father. He's killing his father, but he's killing hope. Right. He yes. has to get rid of this hope because it's this small spark of hope inside of him that is, uh, that is causing him the pain. The fact that there is still hope, he believes, is what's causing him this anguish. So mm-hmm. I think that in that scene, Leia knows, as she said to Han... To get to Ben, I have to go through Han. So, I, so to me, it was Leia projecting herself at, through Ben's yes. conscience as, yes. as Han. You said yes. Because you read my she mind. knew that maybe she could have done it with Leia, but I know that I mm-hmm. can do it with Han. I know I can. You read my mind. Yeah. You read my mind, Steve. I, I wish yep. they could have given great. us a little something, because uh, I can get on board with that. If that's yeah. like... Leia creating that image in his mind. She's projecting yes. herself like, across the galaxy, sort of like Luke Maz did. Could have said like that. Luke. Right. Just Maz like Luke. could have said it. All that Maz could had work to say me, was but... like, he needs his father or something yeah. like that. And then yeah. Leia dies and does that. Like I could have yeah. I could have got him. And I, the, I think the, like, you're talking about the weird narrator of the of the Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the narrator. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's like the um, main the main issue. Most of the main issues I have, I think, just could have been clarified in a way. Sure. Um, in e- sometimes in 30 seconds, two minutes yeah. of something. And, right. and I, right. I, ju- I think that it's rushed. There's no time to breathe and take in what's happening and get a little context. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it, it yeah. Yeah. And you know, Steve, five minutes that they took out. With- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and you know, Steve, going off your question about the prequel trilogy, I think that I am the baby among all of these. Um, I was six yes. years okay, old so when the Phantom Menace Now we're, now we're old out. too. Great. We're yeah, old. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I do. Cause you're like, I was a senior in high school when Phantom Menace came out. I was like, Oh, I was six years I old. I saw your face during that, Maggie. Uh, I was like, Oh my God, I'm a child. Um, I mean, that was not that old. Ago, Jeez. It, I mean, that was like 21 years ago. Um, but to that point, as a child, um, seeing, 
you know, Phantom Menace attack the Clones of Revenge of the Sith. I thought it made perfect sense. I thought, like, it was just, we were supposed to assume that there was, like, time that had happened between. I mean, especially with trilogies, things happen. I mean, not everything's the Lord of the Rings. Not everything's, like, one epic story split apart, you know, in sure, three movies. Sure. And it, it never really felt like something was missing. And I didn't really feel like something was missing from the story until the Clone Wars happened. And then I was like, oh, mm. this makes things look mm. so much more, like, I don't know, clear and understanding, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, you huh. were six. What did you know? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I knew a lot. We as All a right. society, too, are much more critical nowadays. So I don't think that helps you. Yeah. No, oh, for no, sure. People right. are people are consuming art and media in general with a more critical eye, which I think is a good right, thing, right. but it, it a good creates thing. Yeah. a lot of more negative discourse, unfortunately. Yes. A very okay, so that was a deep dive. That was a deep dive on this. Now we have we have a few more minutes left in the show. We got a lot of emails we gotta get to, but before we get to the emails, I want to keep this very, 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 very quick. Okay, very quick. So I wanna know. Everyone's favorite moment from the Rise of Skywalker, starting with Josh. What is your favorite moment from the Rise of Skywalker? We don't have to elaborate. Just say what it is. Han. Maggie. Oh, gosh. Uh. Favorite moment. Let's be positive. No, I'm just trying to. I'm trying <laughs> there's to, just so many. There's no, there's, I'm trying to think because there are small <laughs> moments that I enjoyed. Oh. We'll go back to Maggie. Kyle, yeah. what is what is your oh, favorite moment? Oh, I was hoping I'd be later. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 3PO's one last look at his friends. Wow, nice, nice. Justin? Babu Frick or the uh, TIE Interceptors? Ooh, okay. Steve? Ron and Kylo's turn. Yeah, it's just amazing. Cool. Probably my favorite moment through all of all Star Wars. Wow, wow. wow. Crazy. Wow. Kylo Crazy is in, I, I have a oh. I have hitched my my yeah. soul to that boat, man. Uh, that's uh, cool. Kylo that's is a good huge character for him. It's good to have that passion. Candace, what's your favorite moment from the Rise of Skywalker? It was definitely the voices of the Jedi awesome. and Ray okay. finding the power and strength through that. That's that was awesome. a powerful moment, I will admit to that. And yeah. seeing a female Jedi kick some ass is always yes. Hell yeah. Hell okay, yeah. So it always makes me happy. I think I figured it out. It's it's a tie between the Ben Solo shrug. Uh, oh, good choice. Very good. Or good choice. Ben Solo smiling at Ray. Oh. Yes. Because it Maggie, was the two times. Yeah. Maggie managed to mention like three seconds of a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say the credits, but wow, I was told to be positive. Wow, that's, that's a Nobody said review. the kiss. Okay. Problems with the credits, but that's another story. Yeah, they never, they didn't mention Peter Mayhew. He had just died. Uh, Wait, there sh- what? There should have been oh, a wow, in yeah. memory. There was no or, in memoriam. Yeah. I was waiting for that, and there was nothing. He oh. died a month yeah, before the movie came that. out. Wow. Yeah. wow. Maggie, you didn't like the kiss of gratitude the best? That wasn't your no. favorite. Kiss of gratitude. Thank you, kiss. I am one of a hand, <laughs> like a handful of Raylos that are not a fan of the kiss. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I Can we do our least favorite? Um, well, we oh, I know yeah. my least favorite. All right, yeah, I'd so like to hear let, those. Yeah, so honestly, Josh, I think it'd be interesting. go ahead. Least favorite. Yeah. 
My least favorite thing is that they had to say, oh, this is all going to happen in 16 hours. Yes, thank you very <laughs> so, much, yeah. then, Josh. That is Which a totally made... different episode I want to do on the Star Wars Friends is Star Wars Timelines. Oh, time I, makes no I, sense. Well, I had to make that point, though, because it just, it was <sighs> like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, this is, I already knew, I was like, this is going to make everything weird because, <laughs> like, just the amount of things that have to happen and it just it made ever the timelines for everything weird it made it very like uncomfortable the, the lando going to yes. get thousands of yeah. ships yes. in less yes. than a day mm-hmm. give me a break anyway <laughs> agree <laughs> maggie least favorite uh, I really hated the moment where uh, Poe Dameron makes the weird eyes at Zori Bliss at the end of the film and she's just like no bro no Oddly specific. I didn't remember that happened. I'm sorry, but Oscar Isaac's face in that moment looks like he's being held at gunpoint to do the scene. He looks so (laughs) uncomfortable. It's too funny. Oh my goodness. He knows he was was meant to be making those eyes at Finn. Um, Yes, that's right. Mm. I've got, I've got two, and I'm sure just break the rules. That's cool. One is uh, we got we got to pull some holdo maneuvers and do some real damage out there. Like I freaking hate that. Yes, so Boma, so dumb. I'll I'll just leave it at one. I'll just leave it. Do you think that people in the in the Star Wars galaxy, the like in the context of the Star Wars galaxy, they actually refer to that as the holdo maneuver? You think that even if they do, is he suggesting that they're like ten fighters should all just do a kamikaze and then like? <laughs> then then what? <laughs> right. What it's the only way that, that they could have got away from people walking out of that movie saying, Well, how come they didn't just do that? It's the same thing with light speed skipping. I think it's I, I think it's gotten I'm happy we're moving to a new era. It's gotten so hard to write for Star Wars because of all the backstory I don't think and all so. the because no. of the light speed tracking, I think that, that makes escape in general very hard now to write for. I, 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 and I, you, you have know, to make up something like light speed skipping to make it work, you know? I, I was very disappointed with that mechanism uh, in the last chat. But anyways, anyways, um, Kyle, you have a second least favorite because you I'll love stick to with break one. the rules. One, one's no, fair. No, let's I don't hear it. Let's, I want, no, actually, I'm interested in this. What is your second least favorite? <laughs> no, it's not. It's... <laughs> I want to say, like the jar of Snokes. I really hate. It sounds <laughs> like a bad, Snokes. a bad like uh, alternative <laughs> band or something from the early nineties. <laughs> new Star Wars cover band. Jar the Snokes. jar of Snokes. Snokes. If you could create anything, why does it look like that? Uh, right. Right. right, dark magic. <laughs> Cloning. Oh, I love it. I love it. Justin, least favorite moment for the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, moment. Um, lack Poor of thing. use Poor of Ray's lightsaber. Oh, I. But once again, that's yeah. like forty-five minutes that got. Cut I already out. said clunky yeah. dialogue, but that's not really a moment. But I can right, say, right. her one moment with the lightsaber was right at the very end. So I would yeah. have liked yeah. to have seen that more. We didn't even Good. see the whole lightsaber. Like how how no. big was the staff <laughs> it was attached to? Like we don't even know. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, Steve, I want to keep you positive, but what is one thing that you disliked about the Rise of Skywalker? because I think this is some people's favorite scene. I do not like uh, Ghost Luke Island. That entire scene, I just don't like it. I'm with you. I think it is, it is, whereas I don't think the movie necessarily, it definitely retconned some things, but there was a, there's a, a line in there 
where Luke's like, you know, a, a Jedi should treat their saber. It's like, it's, it takes almost direct shots. Oh, I thought I he was being retconning. like cheeky and like being yeah. kind of a Luke smart ass. Like, don't oh, you should be shots. more respectful because he right, tossed it aside. Right. So like, I, to me, I didn't mind that. That was JJ saying, Ryan, you need to be more respectful. And I don't really I like that. I, I don't really like that. Uh, I, the, my and first watch, my, my first watch through, I agree with that. But after I've watched the movie a couple times, I, I don't necessarily agree that it was any type of pot shots at Ryan Johnson. But go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like that I took it like that. But the, just there was that scene. There's a bunch of exposition in, in, in that scene again. My my least favorite part of the Rise of Skywalker. There's too much exposition. We're not dumb. We can figure it out. Luke mm. didn't need to tell Ray take both sabers. We'll figure that mm. out when she gets there and she has both sabers. You don't need to, like, there's just extra lines mm. like that where I'm like, that's a stupid line, you know? Hmm. Mm. The only thing I, I don't, I don't want to talk about Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy. I know that's a different episode. <laughs> but I will say that to Josh's point that he just made a few minutes ago, how the hell did Ray get from the Endor moon to Octo to Exegol within the 16 hour time frame? just on her, on, on just Makes that no jump sense. alone good point. is like obscene, dude. Like that is obscene. So anyways, well, uh, and even like how, what is an hour in the whole universe? Like an hour is based yeah, might, on how long like it takes your planet yeah, to like rotate. Like what is, different... what's an hour? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> You know, who, who for, for, the, for yeah. the viewers, it was a yeah. couple of days, but I've heard things from months to weeks to hours to I've heard all kinds was, of different. Was Dagobah also a Mortis type situation? Also another t- Star Wars <laughs> Friends episode we could <laughs> discuss over the there. summer. Yep. Yep. My, my, I just wanted to respond to what Steve said. Um, the Luke scene, I didn't, I understand why people look at that as retconning and I, and I don't know what the actual intent was, but at the same time, I think like. Once he talked with Yoda, and then now he's been a Force ghost, he's probably been hanging out with all those OG oh, yeah. Jedi. Yeah. I'm sure that his perspective is n- he's not grumpy old That's man Hermit it. Luke anymore. Um, and I, I mean, how can you not love raising the sky, the, uh, the X-Wing with Yoda's theme playing in the background as an homage to Empire? I mean, I just, yes, my heart that, was that section was when that happened. Yes. But that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it with does. With Force ghosts. It does. Candace, we haven't heard from you. What's your least okay. favorite? The Kylo telling Ray she's a Palpatine scene. Oh, oh it bless so you. Yes, it's so bad. He's like, I never oh, lied to you. They really were nobody, but they, and they did love you, even though I said they <laughs> traded you for drinking and everyone. They were said, nobody yeah, who no, were the totally children true. of the emperor of the entire galaxy. That can't be nobody. Like, <gasps> His mind being poisoned and kind of, you know, because they do say that I was yeah, every voice no, you've ever it heard could. in your head. You know, could it that could. have been the emperor this That's, whole time? Just kind of. I'm not trying to be apologetic <laughs> for it. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm too just much reading. It was pretty. It bad. involves too much explanation, like yes. to get to that point. But I agree with and, you, Steve. Like I wanted to believe that, and I was just like, that's nah, just bad dialogue. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. And I like she was nobody. Yeah, and I like that. I did too. So why? Ray, nobody. I came to grips with it, but I also created a lot of um, possible links and lineage links to the solos, to the Skywalkers, that none of it, none of which came true. I can, if anyone's interested, you can at me at no one is Chris. I can send you links to um, my appearances on Rebel Force Radio where I talked about a lot of that. But uh, I came to grips with the fact that she was nobody, and I was really disappointed that she was a Palpatine. 
because it just didn't make sense. So and if that we're dialogue being was like, clunky. Yes, and it was. It was awkward. It was recorded like, in a closet. It was recorded in a closet after the movie was filmed. Do you guys know that whole story? I mean, yeah, look at I know. I do. Okay, I, I, yeah. I try not yeah. to look. If we're being like serious, movie. serious, that's my actual least favorite thing about the movie is Ray being a Palpatine. Okay. I, yeah, no, I, that was like guy. my uh, initial opinion, and I am <laughs> yeah, very, very um, upset. Once about again, that, but that's just them trying to figure out a way. Okay, now we have to figure out why Palpatine would have been after Rey as a child. That's why we, we it's, it's mm. in they, they there, so we have, have said, to figure out how. They could have said she was very powerful, and he was interested in that exactly. power. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, that's and I'm fine with that, too. We've that already got midichlorians, him. guys. I mean... Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and we don't I mean, in the sequel trilogy. Those don't exist. <laughs> here's, here's a thing as, like, a female Star Wars fan. There was so much flash, like, flashback or whatever from viewers about Rey being so powerful and it was so like fulfilling to think that there was this strong, powerful female Jedi that had no connections, that she came from nowhere, that she was nobody. She wasn't a Skywalker. And it was such a like, like, uh, like a stab to the heart for her to then be a Palpatine, to be connected to this great evil man, to be like a product of him. And that's why she has this power. Well, how and else she's exactly. powerful, Meg? Exactly. And then, <laughs> that's what and a then, crusty old white guy. And then, exactly. And listening to the toxic fans. Yes. That's what it felt like. And then, even to take it even further, then not only is she now connected to Palpatine, but she takes the name of Skywalker. And it's just, there's, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to that, that just like, as a female fan, just kind of felt like, oh, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So <laughs> they should have made her mother Talzin's granddaughters. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. No, I, I, so, so, so I will say this, anyone that has a problem with Ray and Ray's abilities is, is an a- absolute asshole. It's an idiot. Like it's an idiot move because look at Luke Skywalker in a new hope. It's the same damn trajectory. The dude was yeah, in an X wing within story. hours of him leaving Tatooine and blows up the largest space station ever built. So please back off this Ray narrative that she's a, whatever the Mary, Mary what they call Sue. Yeah. dude, <laughs> eat, like shut up, Jeez. stop with this shit and get out of my star Wars, dude. Like that's the total wrong. <laughs> take on all this anyways guys we got to move on we're we're (laughs) already pretty deep into this hi this is delilah s dawson your star wars friend and you are listening to the star wars friends podcast hey star wars friends it's josh your favorite star wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to Stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope. 
hope you're enjoying this Star Wars Friends Roundtable recap of The Rise of Skywalker as much as Lando did flying into Exegol. <laughs> Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. All right. We're going to get into our emails that were submitted to us. First off is from our friend Tyler Page from Chicago. Tyler is a uh, very good Star Wars friend, and I can't wait to hear what Tyler has to say about the rise of Skywalker. Here we go. Hey, Star Wars friends. Tyler Page calling in from Chicago, and I'm here to give you a few things that I like from the rise of Skywalker. I'm going to try and do it as quick as I can because Chris has uh, demanded it. From all of the listeners. So, um, Sorry, Tyler. first off, uh, Kylo killing guys on Mustafar. I really love that scene. You can look at his feet and there's just fire erupting. That's something I always looked at every time I saw the movie and it was fascinating, just visually awesome. Um, Ray's power and just showing off that, you know, she is stronger than any other Jedi, she's stronger than Palpatine. Um, and I don't think that her power comes from Palpatine, but that's another story. Um, Finn, Poe, and Ray being together for the first time. Uh, Lando returning to the Falcon. Luke lifting the X-Wing. There's just so much awesome, fun stuff in this movie that I can't watch it and not smile. You know, I love that Leia's in it, and she gets a good send-off, and she gets the whole Jedi aspect. I love that the droids are really a driving force. The humor is really great. Um, I think it's got some faults. You know, I don't think I didn't want to know that Palpatine was going to be there until he was there. You know, I would have loved to go into that movie and then Palpatine just like pops up and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and I would have loved more on the Knights of Ren and I would have loved to see some uh, actual Jedi return um, via force ghost other than uh, Luke. And it obviously has a ton of plot holes, but that's Star Wars, baby. All right. That's Star one, Wars, baby. Oh, Tyler. Love Tyler. He br- he brought it strong He's on awesome. that one. Um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, so he definitely hit home on all the the great nostalgia throwbacks to all those uh, o, you know OT characters. Um, here, okay, no one asked me my least favorite or favorite moment. It's okay, guys. I don't care about my opinions either, but I will just interject here. My least favorite uh, Rise of Skywalker thing ever is the Knights of Ren. I absolutely, absolutely hate the Knights of Ren. Um, okay. So Tyler, why didn't very the Knights cool. of Ren fight Chewie? What, like Please they could have won. No, they, no, the Knights of Ren shouldn't have been in this movie at all. No, no, the Knights of Ren should have been two hours deep. Right. Two hours deep. We don't have another two hours. Your favorite. We don't have another two hours. Anyways, Tyler, Chris, that what was, was your favorite moment. Favorite moment. <laughs> Well, you know what? I oh, see. I already changed my mind on least favorite. It's either Knights of Ren or the ending of the movie itself, where Ray's at Tatooine. That's like those. Are, those are equally um, disliked in my category. But favorite moment was probably um, the Han and Han and uh, Ben scene on the on the trench for sure, for sure. Watching yeah. it every time, I'm like, damn man, it's just so good. Okay, thank you, Tyler. Badass. You definitely brought it strong on that one and Tyler's another one of those outspoken folk um, who don't like my opinions on the movie so maybe I can sway him a little bit on this episode 
Here's another person uh, submitted to us, our good friend Scott, uh, who goes by Caffeinated Diabetic. He is also another one of our friends who calls me out often on Twitter uh, <laughs> for my views on the rise of Skywalker. He sent us in this email. Here it goes. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Positives, C-3PO, dark science. <laughs> so now we, got, now we get a Star Wars, Bill Nye, this dark science guy spinoff type series. And Palpatine, though horribly implemented and not used well at all, in my opinion. That's the email. That's from Scott. So Scott likes Palpatine, although Scott basically admits that Palpatine's a bum. Um, but that's, that's fine. I mean, I love Palpatine, too. He's one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters in Star Wars, but he was, I will agree with Scott. He was horribly implemented and not used well at all. Thank you, Scott. We'll connect on our next live chat. Uh, thanks for sending that in. Like how no. Palpatine looked? Really? Okay. No. I kind of like no. the decayed bony finger thing. Yeah, I did. I like cool. that. Like Metal Gear Solid rack that's yeah. carrying him around. Yeah. And, and Can we just and, say Ian was amazing? Yeah. Oh, Ian yeah. was yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay. He, yeah. No, you're he's right. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he is he, he is so I, good. Like he's so creepy. Like prequels throughout. Uh he's so good. Um, I thought that they did a great job with the visualization of the character, but as a Dark Empire guy, apparently the only one in the universe, um, I really wanted a <laughs> younger I wanted Matt Smith to play a young clone emperor. That was also my other hang up is that Matt Smith was announced in the casting. I go, oh, perfect young clone emperor. So because we didn't get it, I just was ultimately disappointed. So mm-hmm. um all right, so we have another question here sent to us by Chris Reed. Josh, you want to take this one? Yep. So Chris said, I think The Rise of Skywalker is great from the start all the way uh, to Ray with Luke and Ben with Han. Uh, I think the final battle is pretty weak, and I, fi- and I wish Finn and Poe, especially Poe, had more to do. I think this film is overhated big time. My biggest issues are Palpatine being back and Ray being a Palpatine. That being said, I think Palpatine is great in this film, even though I wish he wasn't in it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I agree. The final battle is pretty weak. Does everyone think the final battle was, uh, was pretty weak? Yeah. Yes. I didn't. Lee ultimately, ultimately ends. I think it's cool to call back to how uh, uh, the Mace Windu, um, Chancellor Palpatine. That this oh, is be, this be is careful. what could have happened Mace to Windu Palpatine. On this show, Steve. Should should Anakin not have stepped in? Um, I think that's cool. But I don't like the '80s action movie. I'm all the Jedi slam. Uh, you know, I I I don't like that. Like uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Get kind of get to the chopper catchphrase. Get to the chopper. That, that threw me off. But <laughs> everything else, I I really liked. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are we looking at it from a final battle of Ray and against Palpatine, or are we looking at the space battle? It's I was thinking one, space right? battle. I was yeah. thinking the space, space battle. battle. Yeah. About Jedi's and Sith and and. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, if if I'm talking space battles, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, the opening. Yeah. In that, from a space battle standpoint, is by far yes. the best. That was yeah. just so epic. Good. It was an epic opening, and that's how it should be done with just massive ships and stuff flying like. Here, yes, there was a ton of ships. I just didn't get, you didn't get enough any, of you it. You couldn't follow yeah. along. Yeah, no, like, exactly. It was, it was too much. It was too much. Exactly. You should have followed like Poe most of it, and yeah, seen some other things. But yeah, mm-hmm. when it when it comes, gotta love when uh, Wedge's stepson dies right before his cameo. <laughs> stop, <laughs> dude! Stop! 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 Yes, I, <laughs> I don't understand how when 
Leia put out a call to the entire galaxy. <laughs> Not you. one single person showed up. <laughs> Thank you. But Lando oh, could Lando. somehow Preach drive it, around door Preach to door it, and get every pay single debts, person in the galaxy. Right. I don't. It a lot of people owe Lando, Lando some debts. I mean, I Lando guess he's swap. smooth, but, but mm-hmm. she's Leia. like the princess <laughs> so general funny. of the rebellion. <laughs> like she couldn't get a couple right. people to come help him out. I don't None. know. I would no. love if her call like just didn't go through. Like, <laughs> she that one the wrong she hit the wrong note. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it no, was a nine instead of an eight. Uh, or something. <laughs> that would make sense. So well, that I'm was like, a great why, question. Why are people more apt to like join them and saying, "Hey, uh, we need you to come fight this brand new uh, fleet of ships that apparently <laughs> has been more, hiding for centuries"? That there's more of them than what the first order was. And you like, have to go through like, this crazy and like nebula to get everybody, there, right? Just again for Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Here we go. Break your back to make some excuses. In The Last Jedi, um, the threat was to the Rebels. It's come help us or we die. In The Rise of Skywalker, it's come help us or all of you are either the galaxy. Mm. Man, that's oh, possible, that's but that's a Once again, shit I'm not message, saying it's isn't the right it? way or implemented yeah. correctly. Also, <laughs> like, I also have like an apologist view of it as well. Like, I could see it also being related to the fact that Leia took a quote-unquote hit to her reputation when it came out that she was Darth Vader's daughter. Sure. I think that's in Claudia's yes. bloodlines. It is. Um, it is. Yes. And so that's I, interesting. I kind of assumed, and it might have been some fan fictions that talked about it that made me kind of I convert to like, <laughs> me too, um, that kind of converted me to being like, oh, that must be why people didn't respond to Leia was because they were like, oh, well, you're Darth Vader's daughter, so why should we listen right. to you? Right, true. Um, which is, you know, obviously different because Lando's, like, well-loved despite his his past. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. We can definitely dissect that. But that was, that was a good email from Chris Reed, so thank you for sending yeah. in, Chris. Now we are moving on to an email that was sent to us by Saul Villara. Justin, you want to take this email from Saul? Sure. Yeah, it says, uh, hey, Star Wars friends, I just wanted to start off by saying that I am loving the show. Uh, Your guys' positivity is a breath of fresh air in the Star Wars community. Thank you. Um, I just finished my rewatch of The Rise of Skywalker, and I think it gets better with every rewatch. Something that I did want to touch on was Rey's lightsaber. First off, I think that it is one of the coolest lightsabers that we've seen in Star Wars. Although it's hard to beat Gungies. Um, I know a lot of fans did not like that her saber was only shown in the epilogue of the film. However, I thought that this was a fitting way to end the Skywalker saga. It symbolizes the end of Rey's journey uh, as well as the start of a new one. The yellow crystal symbolizes, just like the Temple Guards in the prequels, that she is now the protector of the light as she is all the Jedi. Mm, So hopefully we will see more stories about Rey in the future. Uh, We also see a scene in the beginning of the film after the training sequence where Rey is sitting reading the ancient Jedi texts of a potential lightsaber being built. I'm not sure if this has been confirmed or not, just caught that in my last viewing. Also, she was able to repair the Skywalker saber, so there are hints and clues of her eventually creating her own. Last thing I want to add, I believe that the Skywalker Saber is not just a weapon, but an important character in the Skywalker Saga. To not have it in the final battle against the Emperor would have been a shame. This Saber has lived through generations from Anakin in the Clone Wars to Luke's battle against Vader and eventually Rey in the sequel trilogy. I think Abrams does a perfect job 
uh, giving it a proper burial along with Leia's saber next to the Lars homestead, thus ending the Skywalker saga. Hope to hear your thoughts on this. Keep up the awesome work. Your Star Wars friend, Saul. Hell yeah, Saul. That's a great mm-hmm. email. That's a really that, so. That's what I'm. You know, when I when I ask people why they like Rise of Skywalker, I think Saul hit a lot of points and put it into a pretty clear context of of what at least Saul liked about it. I'll say this: I I do disagree with a few things though. Um, the one, <laughs> the only thing I want to touch on quick because due to time constraints is the is the lightsaber. Right? I think the lightsaber should have been buried with Ben Solo. It should have been the Skywalker. Saber. It should not. I, how? Okay. This is a whole different episode that we can get on. But to, for Ray to go back to the Skywalker homestead just does not make sense to me, no matter how many times or how many ways that you can spin it to me. There has to be some like type of gap filling information that's not even in the novelization. Um, maybe C-3PO or R2-D2. She's like, hey, where did where did Luke live? But Leia never lived there. But yeah, her planet's blown up. Okay, like, I don't know what that looks like. But to have Ray just end up at Tatooine, at the, at the Lars homestead, and then bury those two sabers is absolutely nuts. If you want to end the Skywalker saga, to Saul's point, this saber has seen it all. Let it go with Ben. Leave it with Ben. As 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 the last Skywalker, so I don't know. Yeah, I I agree with you. I really like his explanation of why it's yellow. Um, that's that's yeah, cool. That. I'm into that. that. I like temple yeah, guards in general. Um, I I agree with you, uh, Chris. I I like that she passed that Skywalker saber to a redeemed Ben. I think that is nice that he is wielding the Skywalker saber as a as a redeemed Skywalker. Uh, I mean, he's a right. solo, but he's the Skywalker bloodline. Um, and I, I think if he's going to die, he should have died with it and it should have been buried with him. And she could have passed him that saber and pulled out hers. And that if that's the symbol of her now being the the new uh, light side of the force wielder and protecting and all that kind of thing, that could have happened right then in the heat of the moment. And I think mm-hmm. it would have hit a little harder for me than just like, here I am in my sand sled and... Boom, look at this. I, I don't know. <laughs> cool. Is where on wherever we buried him. We I don't know where he got yeah, buried. Yeah, wherever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got, or if he got buried. Really know where to where to put Ben. I don't he doesn't yeah. really have like a who knows? Ben disappeared though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah, but he, he, has, yeah. he has his clothes. Like you could still bury his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> or burn him like they did with the Vader. Saber was buried yeah, I loved Vader's stuff. I would <laughs> yes. take him. Ben um, plays as my Yule log over Christmas time as Vader burning for 16 hours on YouTube. <laughs> Anyways, I love that. Morbid. <laughs> um, now, the only thing I have with the lightsabers, I, again, I thought you could have found a way to use both in the end sequence and where they ended up. I'm, it's fine. I just, uh, again, I think seeing her build the saber would have been nice or even some different kind of saber. Yes, it looks different as far as the hilt goes, but having a staff I thought would have been super cool for Ray. Um, a little harder to fight yes. with, but I think that would have been really, really cool to see. Um, and I love the color choice. Um, and the only yeah. time I did yep. see it and it's very hard to see, but when she's, I think when she first goes, um, after they find out about the emperor, she goes back to the table and you can see there's a, um, I think it's part of the hilt. It's actually sitting on the table and there's like a monitor behind it. So it's really hard to see, but it's basically the, the chassis, what you would call hmm. the chassis that goes in the hilt. Cause most of them like, 
you know, you have your chassis, you have your emitter, you slide the hilt over top, and then there's a pommel that goes on the bottom that seals it all together. And you can see the front end of it, I think, with the chassis part. So, but that's the only part I think you really, really see. You blink and you miss it. And it's hmm. really dark. It's really, really dark. I'll go. I'll look for that. I'll look for that. Yeah. I'll see if I can find a screenshot or something. Something I just thought of while we were talking um, was maybe the reason she went to Tatooine is Shimmy Skywalker is buried there. And I'm guessing that Luke grew up with Owen and Brew telling him about his grandmother. And maybe if they buried hmm. the lightsabers where she was buried, that might have been made more sense because oh. she is the ultimate Skywalker and that would have been a good tie and she was a good person. Um, uh, Revenge yes. of Sith? Or, uh, that would have been so Clones. easy. Like, so easy. Yeah, you yeah. could just so put that, it right there. Into, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that's... Some place of sand. Because Leia's only been right. there and she was enslaved by a giant slug. Gross. Oh, but, <laughs> but come on. Right, Chris, Ter- right. Chris Terrio said she was never on Tatooine. Oh, oh Jesus. Stop. Stop. Um, so, yeah. So that's my only thought is like how to make that work to get that twin sunset, which they obviously wanted. Yeah. It's that maybe like Luke had a connection with the stories to his grandmother and that's <clears throat> where the Skywalkers, you know, maybe they even had like a, had a place for Anakin too, because honestly, mm, like in a lot of the comics, Owen thinks he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like this. Okay. Candace, you just definitely opened up a new, uh, a new chapter right there. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> now I'm going to start. Theories, guys. I like I that. Theories. I'm going to start stewing on that one. Um, we have three more emails left here, and uh, we, we definitely want to get to these. So, Kyle, would you mind reading the email sent, sent in to us by Undai, I believe, is yes. his name? His these or her name? Don't know. Not my particular thoughts, but here they go. Um, I'm a massive fan of The Rise of Skywalker, and I thought I'd submit my feelings on the film. Do reply to me with where I can watch. Uh, here we go. The Rise of Skywalker is very important to me. It concluded a beautiful trilogy full of excitement. The film is very special in regards to its characters and themes. But what makes it click for me is its beautiful conclusion. It's filled with emotion, happiness, and just feels so wholesome to me. It's a much better conclusion than Avengers Endgame as well as Return of the Ooh. Jedi. Ooh. Almost a perfect film. And he wants to see more films. And no, I fairness, think we I was, all do. In fairness, when I was assigning these emails, it wasn't intentional to give that one to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I just like hearing him say it as it was going I'm through. I'm a fan, and I don't know if I can get on this train, man. <laughs> <laughs> this, you... Yeah, Endgame's uh, a tough one. Did, did he Undai, see Avengers Endgame? Wait, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I hope I'm saying that right. But you may be the biggest Rise of Skywalker fan I've met. <laughs> No, it was, you know, I've talked about it on our show before the movie came out that I wanted an Avengers Endgame style ending. I still, we just, it wasn't executed properly. I still think we could have got it. And um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. Um, I I disagree. I don't think it's as good as Return of the Jedi (laughs) of an ending. That's why, that's why my personal opinion at no one is Chris. If you don't like this opinion, I think the Skywalker saga ended with the Return of Jedi. Um, So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, wow. I mean, here, listen, I'm happy. I'm happy that Undai loves the movie. This is, that's good. That's good. I wish yeah. I felt the same Dude, way. 
Me too, man. Wish I felt yeah. So uh, thank you for sending it in, Ondai. Uh, definitely appreciate the email. Now, this one is from our friend over in the UK. Uh, this is from our friend OT Nix. And Nix definitely um, brought the heat on this one. Novel. So yeah. um, Maggie, did you did you bring a drink of water uh, before yeah, this? Yeah, I'm <laughs> ready. Right. I'm ready. Um, All right. Yes. So uh, this is Nix wrote pretty much a full-fledged review. And it's I'm awesome. going to it's read awesome, it yeah. now. When I watched The Rise of Skywalker in the cinema, I was emotionally so overwhelmed that this was the final chapter of the entire Skywalker saga. I actually cried at scenes. It was all too much for a first viewing. It took me about five rewatches to stop being so invested emotionally and just reflect and enjoy what it is the movie itself does to tie up the sequel trilogy and the Skywalker saga. This allowed me to relax and better appreciate things like the amazing action sequence uh, amazing action sequences, e.g. the Death Star Remains ocean lightsaber battle between Rey and Kylo, which was amazing and beautifully awesome. shot, as well as all of the stunts in The Rise of Skywalker. The way in which Palpatine was resurrected could have had an entire movie itself to flesh out the backstory of just how, in the Star Wars universe, he was able to return following the shaft drop and the end of The Return of the Jedi. I think instead of Beaumont Ken annoying me with his jarring one-liner recitals of the Sith yes. abilities where explanation was needed, I would have much preferred even one fl- one more flashback scene of Palps and his son and the lead-up to Kylo helping Rey realize it was her grandpa who killed her parents during their Kajimi Force FaceTime fight. Nice. Pacing in The Rise of Skywalker is an issue. You don't have much time to breathe in between scenes, but I guess they did okay to cram in everything they could to close off the story. The more I watch now, the more I can accept that the final episode was in its own way, with what they had left to use, a closing salute to Leia's mission throughout the entire saga. We see the Rebellion Resistance finally get to win and a number finally get to win in numbers against all odds. Leia was the princess turned general who never gave up hope. Her focus was always instilling hope that the good will overcome evil. But also, it is her faith in the people who continue to fight the cause for freedom and to bring an end to the Empire slash First Order tyranny. Leia had been fighting believing in this since her home planet of Alderaan got blown to smithereens with her adoptive rents killed on it. It's crazy. It's a crazy long time. Leia was still going with the fight, even though she's the one who had to deal with the most losses and deaths of all the characters throughout the saga. I feel that's what made the final battle scene of all the re- rebel slash resistance ships across the galaxy appearing together at the end to help to help be, uh, be so moving. It was for Leia. They finally all came together to end the battle once and for all. Perhaps that perhaps at the heartbreaking news through the galaxy grapevine that Leia was gone. Yes, we got to. S- we, yes, we got to hear, see a little of Leia's Jedi abilities and traits. And yeah, she had a lightsaber, but of the Skywalker twins together, I feel it was always Luke, who was like her father, Anakin, uh, with the Jedi traits and storyline. And Leia was more like her mother, Padme's political traits storyline. Together, Anakin, Padme, Luke, and Leia as the Skywalkers created a legacy that made the Skywalker more than just a family name. Skywalker becomes like a new movement or sense of belonging to something good, without the flaws of the previous Jedi and Sith beliefs. Think back to the prequels. Anakin begged Padme that together they would rule the galaxy in exactly the same way Kylo was trying to beg Rey to join him to do the same. The Skywalkers are the chosen ones, so fitting that the way the film was titled The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Leia's force light as a Jedi was so strong that she became the one who managed to hang on in spirit and gave all of her last energy to save the good spirit of her son, Ben. In a way, Leia was a Skywalker meant 
Leia as a Skywalker meant that through her son, Ben, the prophecy of the Chosen One was properly fulfilled. Leia's son did finish what his grandfather started, but not as Kylo and Vader, but as Ben and Anakin. Ben, in giving his life force to resurrect Rey, meant he was able to save the one he loved from dying. Ben achieved what Anakin was desperate to do to the point that he thought it could only achieve it via the dark side. Ben finished what Anakin started, but did it with the light side, even if it meant he had to sacrifice his own life to do it. Dude, I'm going to start crying. Dude, yeah, this is great. This is, awesome. this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nyx is killing it. Seriously. <laughs> this made Leia's own prophecy not so heartbreaking as an outcome back when Luke explained to us why she left Jedi training. Leia sensed the death of her own son. It's heartbreakingly beautiful that Leia dies for her son, but her son carries on her hope and good by sacrificing himself in order to save Rey to live and carry on the Skywalker name and spirit. I secretly did wish that we could have seen Ben and Anakin standing next to Leia and Luke and that Force Ghost scene on Tatooine, but perhaps the special effect add-in for another time when they release a special edition (laughs) update, if we're keeping in with the Star Wars movie-making traditions. Definitely, definitely. I did also wish that the scene with Rey and all the Jedi could have been somehow visualized with the Jedi either behind her battling palps or force spirit images alongside their voices that we hear. I don't know if people think that's tacky or cheesy, but I think it would have just made that moment more emotionally fitting to acknowledge all of the Jedi throughout the saga we know and who came before Rey. Would have loved it. I would have too. Uh, Rey as a Palpatine, that's okay by me. Obviously not enough time given to explain how all of that happened, but don't be surprised if one day we get a Rey origin story film that will tackle explaining that backstory. I do like now rewatching the sequels and noticing all the intricate details of how she is a Palpatine relative, how she holds a lightsaber in combat, the force lightning ability, and her unexplained natural force ability from the get-go, even without her realizing her own strength. Uh, I thought the humor of The Rise of Skywalker was better than the awkwardness of The Last Jedi. Uh, To me, the humor in The Rise of Skywalker brought me back to the one-liner catchphrase fun from the original trilogy. In particular, I was not at all expecting to find C-3PO so endearing. I'd often thought of 3PO as overlooked and dismissed as just the whiny and annoying droid. In The Rise of Skywalker, I found myself smiling at all of his scenes at the realization that 3PO's anxiety and awkward protocol politeness was actually a reassuring constant in the entire Skywalker saga. It was a wonderful and fitting way to honor his character, seeing as Daniel was the one character actor who was in every film from the start to the end of the saga. The friendship bond of the sequel trilogy, Rey, Finn, and Poe, is something to... is going to be for is going to be for today's kids exactly as Han, Luke, and Leia is for the previous generations. I think this is this is a good thing because Lucas has always defended his Star Wars as a modern mythology of friendship, hope, and life values to teaching younglings about the consequences of good and evil. Overall, for me, The Force Awakens was the one that excited me to raise character. The Last Jedi is the one that made me emphasize with Kylo, but root for Ben, and The Rise of Skywalker is the one that makes me realize Finn's character comes full circle. As a stormtrooper turned rebel resistance fighter to even potentially having force abilities. That's the spirit of Star Wars for me. How you can go from being nothing to something, so long as you believe in what's right and good, to help guide you through and don't give in to darkness. The moral lesson being, no matter the odds, never give up hope, that the good will always out, always outweigh in the end. And if you can't see it yet, it just means it's not the end yet. It's pretty much an essay, but feel free to use however you like for your show content. <laughs> Nick says, thanks, guys. Take care, care and may the force be with you always. 
Oh my goodness. <sighs> wow. Maggie. That was awesome. Great read. Nick's hell of an essay. Seriously. That, uh, yeah. Wow. I applaud that, you. Uh, whew. Great stuff. Do you think Nick's is a writer? I mean, that I was a so. really thoughtful, in-depth analysis of The Rise of Skywalker. I really, I want to go back and read Nix's um, thoughts on Ben Solo's character arc, because I've never yeah. had it put that way. Um, fulfilling the Skywalker prophecy by saving the one that he loved. That, uh, whoa, that hit for me, because one of my questions is, where the hell is Anakin? And does Ben live? Wow. Okay. All right. Nick's killer job on that email. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for that. Lot to think about there. Um, Is (laughs) is everyone else as stunned as I am by that? That was kind of. No, that was really good. I never thought about it that that way with um yeah with with Kylo Ren and and Ben being able to save Ray the way Anakin was unable to save Padme. I gotta I gotta put some more thought into that. Yeah, that's a wow. Kyle's that's gotta a go back really... and rewatch again. And Solo is the most interesting character in Star Wars. Amen. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with him. <sighs> that is so crazy. Well, hell of an email. Lot Have to you think ever heard about of there. Grand Admiral Thrawn? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Ahsoka? <laughs> Don't forget right, Bacca's favorite we, Boba Fett. We do have one last email here sent to, sent to us by our friend Mike Harris. He's at Sky Mauler. So uh, Mike definitely has been chomping at the bit to get this out here. So here we go. So if you're reading this, then that means that you're finally getting around to that Rise of Skywalker roundtable you've yeah, been talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I've been behind uh, in writing down my feelings on the film for months, and I'm going to use this opportunity to finally sit down and work out some of my thoughts with the film and sequel trilogy as a whole. The reason I've been hesitant on this is because in just a few months now, since the release of Rise of Skywalker and the completion of the sequel trilogy, a lot of my feelings have changed. I rewatched The Rise of Skywalker the other day and have a few times since it's come out, and fortunately, I still enjoy many parts of the film, even as I find the find I enjoy the story less. When I first left the theater back in December, I remember feeling much more positive, but I think that was that was just because I was going through the motions. There's also an element maybe of clutching on to the positivity and that overhyping the love when it seems like every day is a battle against a certain vitriolic segment of the fandom. Visually, it's a beautiful film and it has some key Star Wars elements, but I can't help but feel that it is all rings a bit hollow for me personally. I have really liked meeting these new characters, and I think they have a lot of potential, but I have not really felt that personal connection to them as I did with Han, Luke, Leia, and the original trilogy. The other day, a random thought popped in my head, and it really helped to solidify some of these mixed emotions I've been experiencing. If for some reason, Fairy Godmother or Genie in a Bottle, they were able to go back and try again, give us something different, would I, get, would I give up what we've gotten in this new trilogy? Risking that, it might not be any better and could also be worse. My answer was an immediate, absolutely. Because I just don't have that connection connection with these films. As much as that can be slightly depressing, the choice I have made is to enjoy the parts that I did love, and there are still many of them. Because at the end of the day, we do not get a do-over. And even though this trilogy is not necessarily for me... It has been special to others out there, and that will help Star Wars continue to live on in the future. That's still a win-win in my book. Thanks for everything you all do and keeping it honest and positive. May the Force be with you, Mike Harris. Thanks, Mike. Hell yeah. That last part was well but said. Just, be, j- just yeah. because yeah, I didn't like it well doesn't mean it doesn't help grow the fandom. Yeah, 100%. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's such a wow. great force of positivity. I love following oh, his awesome. tweets. Yeah, he's he's awesome. 
And so it sounds like from what I'm hearing from whether people like it or not, that connection is just really important. Whereas I was a huge Mm -hmm. fan of Star Wars when I was growing up. Like I said, I'm not exaggerating. I watch Empire Jedi every day after school, every single day. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I never had a personal connection to a character from those movies like I did with Kylo. So I think you just Mm. need that that anchor point and then you're all in because I'm all in on the sequel trilogy and I am not shy to say it is because of Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, guys had a hell of a round table today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, good. it's been a marathon. Let's, uh, let's blow this thing and go home. You're all clear kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this. I can go to sleep peacefully at night now that we've finally recorded the Rise of Skywalker recap episode. <laughs> I know that there's been a lot of our friends that have been patiently waiting for this. And I'm sure we're just going to continue having analysis as time goes on about the Rise of Skywalker. But it does feel good to finally just get this off our plate. Closure. I don't have to force Kyle to watch it ever again. Uh, Maggie's <laughs> just never going to watch it ever again. So it is, it is what it is. I mean, it's here. We're done. We got it. So we're, there's our thoughts. Yay! We have that. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, this actually has been enlightening. I, I absolutely yeah, love having really Candace and Steve uh, on today. Yeah. Both of you were phenomenal on today's show. Both yeah, of you brought it strong. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Anytime. I love talking Star Wars, so you let me know. Yeah, I can yeah, take this... or leave it, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, both of you have been phenomenal guests on today's show. It was really a pleasure having both of you on. Is there anyone that either of you, Candice, if you want, do you want to shout anyone out? You want to shout out your pod again? Is there anyone you want to give props to? Um, well, yeah, like my co-hosts, Vanessa and Bree are amazing nerds like I am. <laughs> and awesome. it's just I just love talking Star Wars and anything related to that. So thank you guys for having me on. Fantastic. Oh, and what's yeah. the name of your podcast again? Sorry. Oh, it's Geeky Girl Gab and we're geekygirlgab.com. We're a blog too. Excellent. Fantastic. Nice. Cool. We'll we'll definitely retweet it out on our social. So very cool. Steve, is there anyone you want to shout out on today's uh outro here? all the positivity and all the podcasts but i know podcasts are not easy to to get together like everybody like this and edit and everything like that so thank you guys for kind of opening up a world for me uh to to realize that i know it's really obvious to a lot of other people but i didn't realize that people like star wars as much as me and it's really fun to find people that are that enthused to talk about this stuff whether our whether we think one thing or something else about the movie, we all love Star Wars, and I just think it's super fun to talk about, super fun to find like-minded people, and uh, just thank you guys so much again. Heck yeah, yeah. thanks. Man. Also, yeah. if you're going to do, please, please do the watch-along that you guys have been talking about, whether you want to start with Rebels <laughs> or Clone Wars. Uh, uh, dude, I'm telling you, one episode a week of Rebels, you're like, hey, this is our segment, we're going to talk about Rebels, and just hey, do, I, while you're talking about it, I'm a, what I'm a fairly cool. new adopter. To that world, I've been trying to watch all okay. the Clone Wars. I haven't gotten oh. that much into Rebels, but uh, 
the Siege of Mandalore got me hooked on Clone Wars, so I'm ready yeah. to, to Great. watch all of that. Excellent. I, I'm and dying I for Rebels rewatch of Rebels. What if we did like three episodes and we talked about that? Would you be able to do that? Oh, oh, yeah. So we, it made it a little I need like to watch it beforehand and then come and listen to your guys' opinions. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, now we're talking. Awesome. Oh, see, seconded. <laughs> Hell yeah, I like that, I like that. All right, so we might be back uh, this upcoming Saturday with a live chat episode. We'll definitely drop another weekly episode of the Star Wars Friends uh, after this. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Hit us up with your thoughts. If there's anything you want to add to the conversation about the Rise of Skywalker, show at StarWarsFriends.com. You can always hit us up on social at SW Friends Show. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can find me and all my awesome um, anti-clone pal comments at no one is Chris where can they find all the rest of you at I'm Josh and I also like Dark Empire Chris just so you know yeah. uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanav I'm Justin you can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu this is Kyle and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram and anything else probably this is Maggie and you can find me at Maggie of the town Fantastic. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a great and safe week. And thank you for tuning into the Star Wars Friends. It does mean a lot to us. And it means a lot that we have a community all over the world. And next time you say hi to me at a Target, I will definitely say hi back. And uh, He might talk Star Wars with you. He'll pretend to be <laughs> me. Apparently he sure you talk like Star him. Wars with the other guy. <laughs> like. I might give you my favorite Beaumont Ken quote and, uh, and make your day. So, no, anyways, thank you again for joining us. This has been a lot of fun, and we're going to end this show as we always do. May the Force be with you. Always. 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 Later! Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.